What's going on? You're listening to the Two Tools Baseball Podcast. Opening day is upon us, and this is the first episode of the new baseball season, season two of the podcast. Glad you guys are joining us for that. This episode, we kind of went over some very uh, basic stuff, kind of introducing the new season. We covered our awards picks as well as our predictions for each division, covered some of the final hot stove news of the offseason, did some power ranking stuff, and overall just kind of recapped what we're thinking is going to happen in the coming baseball season. So, uh, Thanks so much for joining us, and let's get into it. Hello, listeners. My name is Alex Jonitz, and I am joined, as always, by my co-host, Travis Miller. I'm more of a stats nerd, and he was a total stud on his D3 college team. This is the Two Tools Baseball Podcast. Enjoy. What's going on, listeners? Welcome back to another episode of the Two Tools Baseball Podcast, Season 2, Episode 1. Can't wait. Alex and I are debuting our second season of the podcast right before opening day. We came to you guys live one year ago to this day. Actually, I shouldn't really say to this day, but before opening day. Uh, Guys, fans are excited. We're excited. Tomorrow is opening day. Uh, Get to see our team, the Angels, play, get to see the other 29 teams of Major League Baseball. Pretty much see what they they did in the offseason and see how they can compete. Get this, put to the test. This season so far. I know it was an interesting offseason, Alex, and we're finally here. We're stoked. We're excited. We're ready. We think, of course, this could be a year that the Angels make a lot of noise. We'll get into that for this episode. But so far, Alex, uh, jam-packed episode for this one. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about a little bit about free agency, trade, and preseason news, things that have been happening the past week. Uh, actually, some trades and some uh, you know acquisitions have occurred the last couple of days, which is kind of surprising before the season starts. We'll talk about that. We'll give into our AL and NL inputs, kind of see where each division shapes up, see how each uh, playoff structure kind of lines up. We'll talk our predictions, all that stuff. We'll talk about uh, you know our overrated and underrated teams that we think going into 2022 could make some noise or some teams that could melt throughout the season uh and then la- and then you know we'll also get into our mvp cy young and rookie of the year picks me and alex of course just got back a little trip to vegas round oh, yeah. two uh second year in a row we go to vegas make our baseball picks uh last year came out winners came out on top we'll see what happens this year we'll give our picks on who we thought will be the favorites on some of these awards uh and then of course talk about our Top 10 power rankings opening day preseason list. Uh, MLB came out with one of theirs that, uh, you know, has some has some truth to it, I'll say, but also has, I think, some some uh, some false teams, maybe some fakers or fraud teams, as you would say. But uh, we'll get into that. Talk about that to kind of end things up. But, Alex, let's get right into it. Uh, A lot of stuff to talk about. Free agency, trades, preseason news. We'll start off with that. Uh, We'll start off with a big one that actually happened. uh, I think we, we were actually in Vegas or on our way to Vegas, but. Craig Kimbrell from the White Sox to the Dodgers yep. for A.J. Pollock. Uh, so now you'll see Kimbrell wearing Dodger blue, and you'll see A.J. Pollock wearing white and black White Sox colors. Alex, thoughts on that first trade? Yeah, uh, I think it's probably something that's going to be good for both teams because uh, the Dodgers obviously lost Jansen, had a chance to get another guy who's just uh, shoe in for the ninth inning, he knows his role. They know how they're going to use him. No complications there. And Pollock was someone who was super good last year and had value. But 
it was a kind of a redundancy um, because as long as Bellinger is good enough to be in the lineup, you're going to have Bellinger in center. You're going to have Betts in right. And there's only one left fielder and you have Taylor um, who was an all-star last year. You could argue Paul had a better season, but Taylor has that versatility, probably more value to the lineup overall. They gave him that contract. So you knew Pollock might be in the chopping block ended up being the case. Um, Second base is usually a spot where Taylor might see some time, but uh, of course you have Lux as well as also Muncy when he comes back from injury. He'll be DHing for a bit, but then probably eventually play a lot of second base. So uh, overall, they knew the left field spot was not as wide open as before. So Pollock, they sent him out. And I guess uh, the right field spot was an opening in for the Chicago White Sox, which that's, I assume, where Pollock will be ending up. So not a lot of defense. In, in, uh, I mean, Pollock, I think he robbed a big home run last year, but I don't think known for defense at yeah. this point in his career. So it will be uh, up to uh, Luis Robert in center just to kind of track down all the balls in the gap. But uh, I would oh, say a little bit better than Eloy probably. I would I would definitely hope so, yeah. yeah. I, I would assume so. But, um, yeah, I think Luis Robert makes up for it in a way. Uh, another right-handed bat for the lineup that's going to, you know, probably put up some nice offensive numbers, but – um, yeah, I, I think I, I don't want to face that lineup if I'm a lefty pitcher. Oh no, no way! I mean, it's just it's it's almost like the Blue Jays where it's just like righties top to bottom, and they, exactly. all, they all can any any one of them you have to kind of respect them. They they can mash exactly, exactly. I think also uh, Kimbrel going to LA. It was funny. We saw him in his first spring training appearance with the Dodgers. Alex, I think it was five runs in. I, I don't even know if he got an out. I think it was. I think it was. He got, he got one out. I think it, it was, was a double a double homer homer single out and they pulled him <laughs> it was a pretty rough start for the dodgers uh for kimbrell but he came in uh last night when they were facing the angels had a very clean one two three inning to shut down the game so we'll see what can happen there he will most likely be the starting closer to start the year i can only imagine trinan will be the setup man like before to jansen um you got a guy like kimbrell who has you know uh good history coming in for the dodgers we'll see what happens um i will say last year insanely impressive the first half with the cubs went to the white Sox, kind of fell through a little bit but we'll see of course how he does with the dodgers as that closer role um for that but moving on to some more news alex another trade that happened uh and kind of a big name that we were talking about for the past couple weeks sean Manaya leaving oakland a's and going to the san diego padres so now the padres they get another starting pitcher and it just feels like they have almost a seven-man rotation uh coming through for this year season uh, yeah, I think that, uh, I heard something, a whisper that like Clevenger's not going to be ready right away. So it, it definitely makes sense that they're going to like make sure there's no holes in this pitching rotation to start off the season. Um, yeah, with that in mind, it makes total sense from the Padres side of things, giving up a few prospects, knowing that's super high on their list. Um, the A's kind of expected, you know, continuing their fire sale. Um, so nothing too surprising, I'd say. Uh, overall, makes sense for both teams. Uh, it's it's unfortunate for Ace fans that they have no one to root for this year. It's going to be uh, Frankie Montes. Frankie Montes is the, the show, but he but he I, I I can guarantee you he will not be there by the end of the trade deadline. Um, I assume yep. well before that, but we'll see how long they can. They'll wait for his value to be at a good point, probably. But yeah, we'll see. Uh, it's going to be Tony Kemp and no one else. <laughs> that's that's honestly that's very true. I think Chad Pinder could have a breakout year or something like that. But uh, Elvis Andrews too. Sean Murphy. Murphy, of course, it's is a, Sean is a nice Murphy's name. team right now, most likely. So uh, Manaya going to the Padres, and now whispers the past couple hours, Alex, we've heard uh, Paddock could be leaving San Diego and going to the Minnesota Twins, and I believe it's for Taylor Rogers, which would be an excellent left-handed pitcher out of the bullpen for San Diego. Of course, losing Paddock 
Paddock was a guy that I think a couple years ago was looked at at being the number one or number two before they got Snell, Darvish, all these big names. He was going to be their ace. Now he kind of fell through the cracks the past couple seasons. If he goes to Minnesota, it could be kind of a, I would say, almost a less stressful place to play. You could really see him break out. I could really see him break out and become a pretty good middle of the rotation starting pitcher. But right now, all the, all we've heard is just talks, nothing official 100% yet. But right now it's looking like Paddock to Twins for Rodgers to Padres. Thoughts on the, both those guys going to their destinations? Yeah, I think uh, it's a really good move for San Diego specifically because they're bolstering that bullpen and they're losing a starter who really was not going to get that many starts, yep. as, especially when Clevenger comes back. Um, there's way too much starting pitcher depth there for San Diego. So makes sense to get rid of a guy when you can get a really usable piece for the whole season uh, in return. I'm always really big on Taylor Rogers. I think he's a really good reliever. They could use him in tons of ways. He could even be the closer straight up, or he can be a lefty specialist and just, you know, mow down uh, a chunk of the lineup. Uh, I also, I've heard different rumors, right? And because it's all rumors, you know, take us all with a grain of salt, but I heard something that Will Myers could be on the way to, in part of the trade as well. Interesting. To, and you know, that'd be losing an outfielder. But, you know, I guess the mindset is uh, that, you know, they could probably go get someone else um, to help play outfield. Um, anyways. And I think Cronenworth, Ha-Sung Kim, they have a lot of guys that could go play, you know, I think other other positions. So uh, with, the utility e- is so high for them. Even with Tatis out, you could see a Ha-Sung Kim shortstop, Cronenworth left field, center field still is Grisham. You know, you can really kind of uh, organize it, you know, a lot of different ways and still uh, – have a full nine guys that are super valuable. Um, so yeah, with that in mind, I think that it makes a lot of sense. Uh, you know, even if you even even if you had to lose Myers, uh, I think it's definitely okay. I think getting a bullpen arm like Rogers could be super helpful. I'm trying to remember there was there's there's a couple more moving parts going on. Um, but yeah, overall, uh, if the trade goes through, I like it for San Diego. Um, we'll see how it pans out. But mm-hmm. um, not losing not losing too many players that are gonna. Uh, make your odds to win it all worse but you're getting a, a i think a valuable piece for a postseason series so and i think both teams kind of win on that i think paddock going to the twins could be a big play and i think like you said will myers going to the twins could be another big additions to that lineup um we'll have to see i think a trade much like kind of kimbrell and pollock i think it's almost both teams are really going to win on this one both teams are competing for right now it's kind of fun when you get to see two teams who are really favored in their division competing for uh you know a championship and they're both doing trades for one another so you know that key pieces are being on the move so um that's a good trade right there uh another trade that happened that's kind of interesting alex uh we see austin meadows big left-handed slugger from the tampa bay rays he is now going to detroit for Detroit's prospect Isaac Paredes um he is a high you know high touted prospect going to the Rays you kind of see something now where do the Rays see something in him I mean that's one thing I always think about when guys go to the Rays do the Rays see something in a guy like this could it be a developing piece uh a part of their infield but right now all we know is Austin Meadows good power bat going to Detroit in that lineup thoughts on that move uh do you really see a winner or a loser or both teams winners here yeah uh it's just, it's, Travis, it's gotten to the point where if it's the Rays, I'm never going to call them a loser in a trade, right? <laughs> yeah. They, it, they just consistently make, you know, smart moves. When they move on from someone, they usually, the guy was probably um, either declining in value, had already reached his peak. You know, they kind of know when to cut a guy off, much like a Blake Snell. Of course, Snell might reach, you know, many great years ahead of him, but uh, they essentially got rid of him, got prospects in return uh, at the right time for them, and they still 
had the same amount of success as they did the year prior. So um, they know when to kind of cut off a player, even if they are a high-impact player. So I'm not going to say anyway that they lost the trade. I think it's a really good bat for Detroit overall, a nice lefty bat. Of course, so many teams, I think, Travis, are kind of pursuing a nice lefty bat. A lot of teams in the MLB that are even like the really good teams are just tons of righties. And as long as those righties can hit lefties really well, it's not a problem at all. Like the Blue Jays are tons of righties. They don't care. If they're going to face a righty, they're still going to do really well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But overall, it's good to have some versatility there. Definitely. Uh, so it's going to help the D- Detroit in that way. I think that the way this is going to work is it's just going to be next man up for the Braves. Sorry, for the Rays to take care of that Meadows spot, this DH outfield type. They have guys that can do that for sure. Yeah. Um, I know they have a player named they, uh, it's not a, it's not Brandon Lau. It's someone named Lowe, a prospect that I think he's going to get called up and just like probably start raking immediately. So we'll see, <laughs> yeah, we'll see yeah. how that goes. But um, yeah, I think overall uh, a lot of upside for uh, Detroit and then Paredes. He's a young guy. We'll see what he can pan out to be. Rays have a tradition of kind of doing a lot with a little. So I think that he could definitely end up being something special for them. At least something, you know, notable, but they already have kind of their infield's kind of set, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's a young team too. I mean, I know they're building with Franco and they're building with uh, with Rosarena. So I think that you know, if you can get younger, man, you know, you're you're still looking at a favorite to win, you know, the division possibly, and you're still getting younger, which is kind of just an yeah. interesting way to look at it. This- is that the Rays could still win the division? I wouldn't be a surprise. And they're almost trading away all star good pieces for younger talent, rebuilding, but almost almost reloading still at the same yeah. time so the, the guy i was referencing his name is uh is josh Lowe. so yeah i i think watch out for him this year he might get a spot on the team to replace meadows um and then with that in mind uh paredes could be a third baseman of the next you know two years down the road something like that we'll see how it goes rays are smart i'm not going to call them a loser on anything so yeah we'll just see how it pans out i guess and then the last uh move that happened i think the last couple days uh jose ramirez alex a five-year extension he is going to be getting 125 mil i think they said almost 150 mil guaranteed of that money for the guardians um alex it's an interesting deal because i know he's been the hottest name when it comes to trades the padres were linked to him the blue jays were linked to him we were saying if one of those teams gets to him total game changer i mean you you have i I can't imagine an infield with Jose Ramirez, Machado, and Tatis, and then you got Voight and Cronenworth possibly platooning at first base. And then with the Blue Jays, the same thing. You have just a stellar infield with Chapman, Biggio, Ramirez, Guerrero Jr. I mean, you really can't get much better than that. That would just be insanity. But the Guardians lock him up five years, 125 mil. I look at this, Alex, as a move that could be very favorable in trading him in a couple years possibly when he has three years left or something like that we'll see i don't know if the guardians really think right now that maybe this could be you know their guy maybe they see themselves in i don't know three years being somewhat competitive who knows but it seems like it's a deal that would be very favorable for a trade possibly the only thing am i concerning is jose ramirez when that trade would happen would be you know probably north of 32 probably still be in the in the late stages of his prime still but it is interesting because Jose Ramirez, I think we all agree, could have gotten north of $250 million most likely. If he would have signed a 10-year deal for $250 million, he could have easily done that, even possibly more money for less years. But thoughts on it, thoughts on kind of just – I really compare it to the Cattell Marte because I don't know where the team's at and what they're thinking, if they think that they can be a contender or what. But what are your thoughts on Jose Ramirez right now? So a few thoughts. First of all, 
it's a win for Guardians fans because uh, the, he's the one guy on their team. They get to watch a stud. <laughs> he's the one guy on their team that you can really rally around. Travis, honestly, like, there's a chance he could be the type of guy. It may sound silly because he's uh, still has, has a career in front of him and they don't have any rings or anything, but he could be the kind of guy you build a statue for, right, for the team Very you know, true. In, in a decade from now, right? Like, we'll see how his career Retired number, up. yeah. No. Yeah, and so with that in mind, uh, it's good to see someone that their fans can buy a jersey from. They have someone, right? It's like if they, if they, if they got rid of him, it's literally like Bieber, who, like, is a great pitcher, but, like, exactly. he, he could be gone in a couple years too. Um he could you know, hit the free agent market. So, yeah, with, with all that in mind, uh, it's a win for the fans, I believe. Uh, they're not paying them that much either, so it's not like it's going to block you from making the team better. It's not like a Trout deal where it's like, okay, like awesome, we have our guy, but like we have to figure out how to build a team now. Uh, they have tons of space, I'm sure, to do so. They're probably not going to use that space they have because they're in Cleveland and it's just not the way they operate. Yeah. Travis, I actually heard a stat. So this is the first time they've ever eclipsed a hundred million dollars for a single player on a single contract really? ever. The previous most was around 60 million in a single contract. And that was for Encarnacion a, a few years back. Wow. So wow. That, that's crazy how like they have just completely avoided spending this kind of money on a player. It shows how special uh, Jose Ramirez is, of course, also shows the team has some dedication to him. Shows it, you how smart the team is too. It, I mean, with getting good, I mean they're always going to be around seventy-five to eighty wins almost every year. I feel like so. Yeah, I mean they managed to stay relevant. Of course, last year, even though the team you thought might have been lackluster, stayed in the contention until you know towards the end of the year. So, uh, it's it's good for them overall. Uh, I do think that you know my general philosophy is if you're going to hover around five hundred, might as well just cut it off and try to rebuild. Um, it seems like the Tigers, as well as the White Sox, as well as the Twins are all trying to win right now. Maybe in five years, it can be you and the Royals trying to win. Yeah. And, you know, Bobby Witt can be their guy, and then you can trade Ramirez for some others. If, if they had traded Ramirez to the to the Padres, they pr probably could have got something absolutely crazy. They probably oh, could have got like CJ Abrams. Abrams. Maybe you can get a Gore in the deal. Yeah. I mean, it really depends on who it would be, but um, maybe the value wasn't there. Maybe they weren't getting the offers they wanted, so they just extended them. Uh, but yeah, overall, um, a lot of thoughts on it, I guess. But the biggest takeaway is good for the fans of Cleveland. And I'd love to see Ramirez on a contender. So we'll see if they can build around him. I wish the front office is, would just shell out more money. And, you know, if he's your centerpiece at only that kind of price, just barely over $100 million committed to him, you should be able to build a pretty special team around him. You already have an ace in Bieber. You have to kind of fill out the rest of the roster with some, you know, above average players and, and you could be a threat in a couple of years. So we'll see how they go about things. Um, but overall, uh, congrats, Cleveland fans. That's true. I mean, I think that that's a big piece. Now you get to see J Ram, you get to see Bieber uh, still. I mean, I still a young, good starting rotation. I see. I feel like for the for the Guardians. And then, of course, Class A to close things out. I mean, just an electric and young. cutter and young, fastball. Yeah slider you know trio of, of pitch repertoire for him and so they extended him yeah so they it's, did it's uh they did so i mean you you definitely got some things to be excited about you definitely got some jerseys to sell in cleveland right now so good for uh good for both parties on that one um alex talk about two players right now that kind of i mean man they were trending really high this offseason and you know both you know i think a lot of people thought they're gonna be just such a uh you know tight race duo for the nl cy young degrom Max Scherzer, both on the IL to start the season. DeGrom's is serious. Scherzer's is not too serious. Might miss maybe the first weekend, the first week of baseball. We'll see. 
I think I think he's still penciled in for the second game. He um, is, yeah. Okay. So we'll see. I mean, I assume if things go I according to McGill, plan, I think going first game. Yeah, yeah, I think that's right. I think yeah, Miguel, uh, game one, which I saw his mom on Twitter like tweeting about like oh, you on his mom's oh, oh he's ready. You're sliding. Yeah. I'm not saying anything, <laughs> man. Who knows? But no, uh, I saw his mom like people were retweeting her saying like she's like oh he's ready like give him the first game. I yeah. think they're going him opening day. Yeah, which yeah. is you know fun for them, and then at. Washington to face the Nationals. So. so Scherzer, I think definitely, you know, it'd be cool to get his moment there too in, game, in game two. Um, yeah, we'll see how that goes. Uh, the DeGrom thing specifically, Travis, it's a huge blow for sure because, I mean, the Mets are for sure, they're, they're for sure a team where you could see them losing the division or the wild card spot by like two or one games. Yep, definitely. And then if you just kind of, if that ends up happening and you look back and say, we missed a month of DeGrom, it could just really hurt. It, it's, it could just sting because- it could. What could have been if he had a full season, finally a full season healthy? It's been, uh, you know, of course, a short 2020. Um, and even at the end of that, he got injured a little bit. And then last season, of course, missed about half the season to an injury. What could be if you got a full season of DeGrom, Scherzer, one-two punch, um, take the vision by storm? Uh, Bassett to go over there, number three. I mean. It's it's a really special uh, combination they have over there. And to see it already run into some roadblocks is unfortunate for those fans for sure. Yeah. Um, I still think that they have enough to kind of keep them treading water until DeGrom comes back. Mm-hmm. Just hoping he comes back fully healthy and, you know, no issues. Definitely. And then to, to build on that, Travis, I heard a quote, despite his injury, he said this pretty much after being removed from a game from injury, they asked him about his potential opt-out after this season. And he said, 100% he is opting out. He wants a new contract. He thinks he can probably earn more money. Uh, he wants to restructure it. He knows what Scherzer just got, you know. He knows what these really good pitchers after a really good year are earning. He's like, well, I do that every year uh, when I'm on the on the mound. So I'm really curious to see. Obviously, Cohen is down to spend money. He could hand him a blank check and say, stick around. Let's win it in a couple years. How much money do you want? I could also see it being, you know, if the year goes poorly, but DeGrom still goes well, I can see him saying, you know, I, I love it here, but uh, I'm going to just try to win a ring before I retire. So I'm yeah. going to go sign with the Dodgers or, you know, whoever it may be, the Braves or whoever's the favorite in, in, in a year from now. So shockingly, the same around the same age as Kershaw, which you would never think. And I think Kershaw, I saw a stat on Twitter and someone was a, a Dodgers fan and they made a good case for Kershaw because Kershaw has the same career ERA as DeGrom and double the innings. Double the innings and at the same age. So it shows how, I mean, DeGrom, Travis, we rave about him all the time. But Kershaw on a career level is truly in a category with just like the top pitchers of all time. It's, it's really crazy. Easily, easily. And so that's a good point. I really wonder what happens. Will a team spend a lot of money AAV and give him a three-year deal? I could see something of, honestly, I could see somewhere around 153 years. I mean, I could literally see him getting $50 million a year if someone is down to spend it. I could also see someone saying, you know what, I think you're going to pitch well into your um, into your 40s. I'm going to give you a little bit of a longer contract because I know you're going to get injured. I don't want to see injuries happen in year one and year three of that contract. So really, I'm only paying you for one year. Who knows? They got to really do a lot of evaluations with DeGrom, but he's still elite. Hope he comes back around end of May June maybe I know they said they're taking four weeks off to just not throw and then they'll reevaluate him at the end of April May and then that's when he might begin his throwing program again but you know with that you're still gonna need two to three weeks just to just to get things you know going mm-hmm. maybe even a fourth week 
possibly even longer. Who knows? He could be a kind of guy that might be looking to come back even in uh, in July. We'll, we'll see really what happens. But uh, DeGrom Scherzer, uh, kind of, a, I guess, a, a, a very unfortunate and a very tough start for the Mets with all of the momentum they have. Now they have to, of course, get their two coloss- Colossus Titans of the of the roster of the starting rotation on the aisle right now so uh we'll see what happens but um tough start for the Mets I know the momentum was really uh was really there for the for the start of the season I mean DeGrom Scherzer in 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 Washington DC I mean I think you were just gonna you're you're just about gonna say that's an easy two nothing start to the season for the New York Mets um but right now they're on the IL so that's that the last thing I'll talk about Alex was just some of the preseason news I know we had our rankings last week but I know we talked about our top 10 and kind of going over that MLB came out with their top 100 of course and of course they went down to number one number one being Shohei Otani um and then of course giving their you know pretty much their 10 all the way down to one rankings a lot of surprising names, I would say. I know me and you had a lot of guys higher or lower. Some guys not even in the top 25 that are on the top 10 we even had as well. But um, kind of going through it, I guess what's the most shocking uh, you know, ranking as you see from these top 10s? What's the one that you're kind of just most shocked about? I think I know which one it is because he wasn't even in your top 25. But out of this, what, what kind of just raises an eye when you look at this top 10? Yeah, uh, you hit the nail on the head with your prediction. Freddie Freeman, um, I think, is an absolutely great hitter. But I think Freeman is either – I want to make sure I'm not like saying Say something it. too egregious. He's a really good hitter. He's not an MVP-level hitter, right? No, of course. And, and he's just playing first base. Yeah. I think someone with his level of offense, if he was playing center field, I'd put him at nine, right? Mm-hmm. I think he's like a similar hitter to Betts. Betts maybe maybe a little bit better than Betts, but Betts is playing like a gold glove, platinum glove kind of right field. I see that argument. Um, mm-hmm. And and Betts, they actually have him above Freeman still, but we had we had Betts not even the top ten. I don't think Betts right there is yeah six, yeah. But, but our we, but our list, I think like, I had him in twelve or thirteen. I was eleven, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, um, anyways, I just think that you know. Uh, Freeman is someone who I think is an elite hitter. I think the, I think that the position is really stacked. Uh, they have him one spot below Guerrero Jr. I think there's more of a gap between them. I think Guerrero Jr. is a significantly better hitter. Mm-hmm. We're talking about like a 150 OPS plus or greater from yep. Guerrero. I would say going the next season, Freeman probably closer to a 130, 135, 140 at most. Mm-hmm. I would so just my estimation. But, but a better, but a better fielder, of course. You'll uh, you'll agree. I, I would agree, but I think at first base it doesn't matter as much. If it was in right field, like the difference between like Mookie Betts in right field and a Bryce Harper is a bit different than a gap between first baseman because I think at first base, um, the defensive value you provide with a really good glove is limited to begin with. Um, so that that that's my take on it. I think that people kind of, you know. Like you said it yourself, you don't see him being an MVP kind of guy. You did have him in your top ten, but um, I don't want to bash him because he, you know, deserves tons of credit. And he had a really hot second half last year. Was really good in the postseason. Got himself a ring. Got his hometown or his his you know drafted team. He got them a ring. He deserves all the credit. I just think the top ten is. I think it's way too high mm-hmm. personally. Um, like I had him, uh, you know, below. Olsen, of course. Yeah, and you had him you had number three at the first base. Yeah. I think that's not a crazy take. Some people might disagree. Half Freeman above Olsen, that's fine. I think Olsen is higher. Even if you have him the just call it a wash, 
Olsen is nowhere near their top 10. I think he's up around the 20 area, like yeah. how I had Olsen yeah. in the 20 yeah. area. Mm-hmm. So I think that, I think that's like a good spot for a really good first baseman. I think to be a top 10 first baseman, you have to be a truly, truly elite hitter, one of the best hitters in baseball to be a top 10 player as a first baseman. That's how I see it because there's your, your game is going to be so – uh, one-sided, right? Yeah. Even if he was a great fielder, like Olsen is a great fielder and he's got a good arm. I remember a play, I think it was like opening day or opening series of last, or of the 2020 season and Olsen like threw out Otani as Otani went from second to third. So he had a really great throw, a really great yeah. glove. Olsen I think is a great fielder um, and even still, at first base, the defensive values is very limited compared to like if you were a shortstop with Freeman's kind of hitting, you'd be the best player in baseball. So yeah. Yeah. that's where I'm at with that. Um, I, I see it as Freeman. Um, to me, Freeman is one of the most consistent hitters. When you look at all the baseball players today, of course, you have your Sotos and you have your Tatises. But I think this the overall hitting side of it. I think Freeman could be one of the best. I will agree with you. And I will I will I preach this in 2020. Jose Abreu, Freddie Freeman. They will never win MVPs in a full season, and I 150% believe that. That is the truth. They're just, in my opinion, they're just not MVP kind of guys. Freeman Dude. Freeman is never going to hit 45 to 50 home runs in a season, but in in a shortened season, you know, I think it was a 1,200 OPS, which is insane. But that ain't going to happen in a 162 game season. So, um, I do I do think Vladimir Guerrero Jr. is peak will be higher than Freeman. Um, I think I'm just respecting Freeman a little bit more right now. He still had a great postseason, and the last couple of seasons have been fantastic for Freddie Freeman. Um, I get your point of not having him maybe in the top ten, but um, I do think, of course, for me, he is he is still one of the top level first basemen. Yeah, I, I think he's towards the top of that list for sure. But like someone who's not on the top ten is Trey Turner, right? He's he's no, not there. No. Who like whose bat would you rather have? If you said Freeman, that's kind of fine, right? But Turner's going to provide so much more on the base paths. And even though Turner's not an elite defensive player, he's still playing shortstop at a very solid level. Yeah. That is so much more value than – because if Freeman played shortstop, it's like you just know it's going to be an no, absolute course, mess. The defensive value of just being able to play that position should make uh, – it should really boost you in that list in a big way. So a guy like Trey Turner, Travis, I would expect to be just a slightly worse hitter than Freeman, but there's so much else – that would help boost his value. So for me, there's other guys who I would have above uh, uh, Freeman as well. Also, Jose Ramirez is not in the, their top 10, right? Not in the top 10, he, yeah. He is someone who I think should be for sure above Freeman. I think the bat is probably very similar. Jose Ramirez is playing a harder defensive position. He is a better defender overall. He's a better base runner. Like uh, He's on a, a less favorable team. Freddie is a really likable guy, um, and he played for the World Series winners. I think it really helped his stock. Um, the, of course, the 2020 uh, MVP helps him too. So I don't want to act like I'm bashing on him because I think he's a great player and I do love him. But um, I, it's just, to me, a 10 as a first baseman, you have to be a Guerrero Jr. level of hitter where you're hitting like, you know, 50 home run potential, uh, 160 OPS plus potential, right? You have to be that kind of guy. Uh, Freeman, I don't remember last time he hit over 1,000 uh, OPS in a full season. I don't think he has. I, I think it was just 2020. Right. Yeah, so yeah. with that in mind, uh, the consistency is great, but I need to see really high peaks as well to make my top 10. So. His slugging will never be Guerrero Jr. Guerrero Jr. Right. has a slugging that's way better, so I get that. Um, and Guerrero Jr., of course, got on base a lot more last year. Um, so, of course, there's that argument as well. But one name I'll definitely point out, number 10, Alex, Ronald Acuna Jr., I, I just don't get that at all. I don't I don't get I'm with you bets. I don't get Harper. And I know I said it. I think in my list, I definitely had Acuna Jr. in my top five. But 
for my opinion, I just don't see I don't see Guerrero Jr. I don't see Freeman. I don't see I honestly probably don't even see DeGrom, Betts, or Harper better than Acuna Jr. A little bit of a weird number 10. I know I think it's just because he got hurt last year and we only got to see a small sample size. It was an insane sample but size. But what we saw from him was so good. Exactly. You, you're going to get the most five-tool outfielder right now in the game with Ronald Acuna Jr. with the speed, the power, the defense, the arm, everything. So um, number 10 is kind of outrageous, um, and I think you'd probably agree as well. I think you had him, of course, a lot lower than that. I really don't think... I could, I I would listen to the argument, but I don't think I could ever really endorse anyone's opinion who says like top five has to include I think Acuna for me. Top five has to include Acuna and Soto and Tatis because usually if a player can in a year from now be considered the best player in baseball, all three of those guys could do that. They yeah. could they could have a a superb twenty twenty two and be considered in a year from now. This is the undisputed best player in baseball. If you have that kind of potential and it's really realistic and you're that young, you have to be higher than 10 yeah. for me at least. Mm-hmm. Like there's no shot some guys above – like there's no shot I think Mookie Betts next year, a year from now, is considered the best player in baseball. I don't think there's any chance. I, Acuna, I think there is a chance. I, you're, you know, you're 100% right. I think Betts will slowly – start to of course get into the double digits get into you know right I, I hate to say it but i think that honestly the mvp year so i think it was 2018 yes that's that's that, that's gonna be the peak bet season we're gonna see most likely i mean i think and it's it's an all-time great season. it's an all-time great it's you're super right. good you're right you're right um last one alex i know um hey he's on my team i love him to death he's you know he's been one of the craziest players we've ever seen last season the greatest season of all time we talked about it i just have a problem with shohei being number one do you at all have a problem with that yeah, so I I mean, we did our lists last week. We both had Trout above Otani. Um, we both had Trout number one. I think that the MLB network always will have a recency bias. Um, when I do my list, it's all about what I think makes sense for next season. When you do your list, it's about the last couple seasons. Like you want a bit bigger of a sample size. By both of those estimations, you would think Trout over Otani makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Um, Otani's war last season, Travis, was really, really good. It would not be Trout's best. It would not be Trout's, I think, top five. I'll double check that for sure. Yeah. But I think Trout uh Trout's offensive war one year was better than Otani's, I think, total war last year. And, and so yeah, does just how good of a hitter Trout is, I think, really gets underrated. I think tons of baseball fans will say, um, he's not helping the team win, blah, 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 blah. At the end of the day, you have a center fielder who's hitting like by far the best hitter in baseball. Last season, the best true hitter in all of baseball was probably either uh, Bryce Harper or, or Juan Soto, um, maybe even Guerrero Jr. But despite all that, any of their seasons last year would be one of Trout's worst career seasons um, if Trout put up that season. Agreed. And that's just by the numbers. That's not my opinion. So um, with that in mind, overall, I would put Trout first. I think Otani winning first is honestly, it's great for the game of baseball, um, showing how quickly a player can rise. Otani was not ranked in their top 100 a year before, a year ago. You're correct. Going into That's the 2021 right. 21 season, unranked. Seeing him go from unranked to best player. The best stock. <laughs> it, it, just, it, just, it just shows like, um, I heard uh, a YouTuber named Foolish Baseball talking about this, and it's really interesting. He said that if you didn't have him in your top 50 last year, it was a mistake because you knew deep down if he put it all together, he could be the best player in baseball for mm-hmm. that for that one season. Yep. And if someone can be the best player in a single season, how can you not have him in top 100, right? Top 100, 
there has to be room for a guy who you know if he puts it together, he is the best player in baseball yep. this mm-hmm. season. Mm-hmm. So with that in mind, um, it's an interesting way to look at things. And I think that Otani deserves all the credit in the world. We love him, of course. I would have picked Trout, like we've said before. But I think it's good for baseball to see um, such a talented player get the credit he does deserve. I think Trout is out for revenge, not because he's got <laughs> wants, wants to diss Otani. Like yeah. He doesn't want to diss Otani, but I think if he's healthy, he will regain his number one spot yep. one year from now. Yep. So. And do you agree uh, with... Uh, I think she. I think she's an NFL analyst, but Alana yeah. Rizzo saying right. uh, on Chris Russo Mad Dog Show, um, Otani can't be number one because he's a pitcher. Um, I I don't know where to begin on that, but I just I know it's just so wrong. And I I, I sometimes I want to ask people. He's not just a pitcher. He hits more than he pitches. He, I think he what he hits four times as 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 much as he starts pitching games and so i she made she made just kind of an insane comment and i get why he's number one honestly because he had the most unreal season we've seen ever but at the same time i look at her argument and i was like you could have said something a little bit different you could have said well look at his 2020 2019 numbers and i would have said okay yeah you're right about that but just because he pitches i mean that's what makes him so special if he was just a dh he'd probably be number 11 right now Maybe, maybe, or maybe, just a pitcher exactly or just a pitch if he was just a pitcher he'd probably be number you know 30 something 40 something you know he is an above average pitcher not an excellent pitcher but an above average pitcher from last season's stats but i mean just kind of a just kind of an insane kind of a, i know a little storyline that happened the last couple of days kind of what are your thoughts on that one yeah it's it's just kind of ridiculous to me the kind of you know talking heads the people that mlb network will put on their shows um it is what it is, but saying that Otani can't be number one because he's a pitcher is – it makes absolutely no sense because that's the thing is that he's not a pitcher. He does both. And that was the whole MVP argument last year as well. He pitches, so he can't win the MVP. Well, sure he can. Clayton Kershaw did it. I think Justin Verlander did it. Yep. Um, guys have done it. So, I mean and, – and those guys didn't hit at all. They were just so good at pitching. But this guy is literally Jordan Alvarez at the plate and – Luis Castillo on the mound, you know, it's kind of just like he throws gas and he hits gas, you know, well put and, and yeah, putting it all into perspective overall, I guess just kind of writing off Otani because of, um, I don't know. It just makes so little sense to say he's a pitcher because that's it, the thing is that he's not right. That's the whole the whole point is that he's not a pitcher. He's a pitcher and a hitter. Definitely, um, he provides value that no one else really can. Like you said, if she had said something to the effect of. That was an amazing season. I don't think he can do it again. Or that was an insane season. I need to see it twice to really believe it. He has to be my number two or my number five. I'd be okay with that. Good arguments, right? yeah. Um, but just to say that he can't be number one because he's a pitcher, it really is is nonsense. And it's unfortunate, honestly. It, it, it makes me kind of sad that like these, like, I mean, you know, I'm sure she has takes that are better. But like seeing those takes on TV, it's like, okay, what are we talking about yeah, here? Yeah. Every single person online, Travis, was, rip, was like ripping her apart. And I think for good reason, like, you know, we just can't have these, uh, I guess, kind of old school, like, I, I mean, I don't know if it's old school, just bad, just bad takes. Yeah, no, no. And I think people, honestly, I'm almost convinced now more that people i feel like do it just because they want to spark the argument but i mean we see it on basketball we see it on football you know some of these kind of analysts i think they just honestly i think some of them want to do it because they want to spark the argument and that's what really sure that's what really gets people's attention but at the same time it's kind of just like it's just interesting kind of way to put it and uh and the way she kind of said it with just because he's a pitcher i mean obviously he's not just a pitcher i mean he's he's a hitter as well he dhs he was one of the greatest hitters of last he year he is the so. best dh in baseball Easily. as of right now Easily. and he's a top 20 pitcher in baseball right now 
It, and he steals bags. At least <laughs> if she had just said that and then said, I don't think he's number one, I'd be okay with that. Yeah. But acknowledge what he does. Don't write him off. Exactly. Exactly. So that kind of gives, I guess, our rant or our little, uh, you know, last bit of uh, preseason news and updates. Um, Alex, now me and you will kind of turn to uh, our predictions and kind of where we see some of these, uh, you know, divisions and these leagues kind of shaping up throughout the season. So we'll start with kind of just the AL input where we see each division going. I'll start first. I'll kind of give you my input, kind of rapidly go through each division, how I see it and how I see some of these, uh, you know, races finishing at the end of the year. But I'll start with the Western Division, Alex. And just to kind of sum it up, I'll basically say the A's and the Rangers, they're the bottom two teams. I think we can all agree on that. They're going to be fighting for the fourth seed. I have the Rangers finishing above the A's. I think it's pretty easy or kind of common to see that. Um, they definitely have a very good infield and a very good roster, better than the Oakland A's, of course. A's are just shipping everyone away. I see A's, then Rangers. Then you kind of get into this battle, Mariners and Angels, I think, for the top, um, the, three in the, the three and the two spot of the division. I see it in a way that the Angels, I think, made enough moves. And I think if everyone's healthy, I think we can all agree on paper, the Angels roster is better than the Mariners on paper. So that's why I'm going to judge it right now. I have Mariners three, Angels two. Number one, I have Astros still winning the division. They're still so powerful. They got a shortstop coming up. I think it's it's something Pena. Is it Jeremy yeah, Pena? Yeah. You know, I've seen spring training videos. He's still mashing it. I mean, he's almost like a Correa comparison. It's it's just kind of, it kind of upsets me that they're already, you know, filled the hole like that. They're, they're already filling these guys up and they they still have, you know, I think they can get a better season from Bregman. I think they can still get a good season from Altuve. Kyle Tucker's getting better. You Your know, Don's they, getting better. It, it, they have a lot of guys that are still going to put up good numbers. I put money on the Astros in Vegas. I put 25 bucks. I think it wins me about 35 or 38 bucks. So for the division for the division. Okay. So it's I don't want to say it's a shoe in, but it's definitely a smart pick. They were I think they're the second favorite odds to win the win the division for all the division winners for the AL. But that's kind of how my West shapes up Astros, Angels, Mariners, Rangers, A's. We move to the central division for me, Alex. Number one, I think is pretty easy, and I think most people would agree. The Chicago White Sox should be the division winner for that division. They did it last year pretty easily. They should do it again. I'm not saying they're going to be one of the best teams in the AL, but I think that they definitely can win the division pretty easily. Um, they kind of have all the strengths in the bullpen, in the roster, uh, the lineup, and also the pitching staff. Two through five is kind of interesting because, honestly, I can see some things happening where it kind of shakes things up. Number five, I'll say, Alex, I think the Royals are going to finish last in the AL Central. I think they just definitely have pretty much the weakest roster. I think when you have, you know, Granke as your opening day ace, that kind of says, you know what, they're not going to be very strong performings. They do have Brady Singer. They have some strong performers, young prospects, young team. I see them finishing fifth. Um, number four for the Central, Alex, I have the Guardians. I know they just signed Jose Ramirez, but I think that they're kind of they're still kind of I, I think they just need to figure out exactly what they need to do Four, I think, is a good spot for them. I think the two teams above them will be uh, battling it out for the two seed twins and Tigers. For me, Alex, I have twins finishing second. I have Tigers finishing third. I will be honest. I think number two, three and four in this division you're going to have between 83 to 75 wins. I think the two and the four spots could be extremely tight. So we'll see with that. But I have White Sox, Twins, Tigers, Guardians, and Royals for the Central Division. East Division, Alex, I'll start off with number five. It's going to be the Baltimore Orioles. I don't see any other team finishing worse than them. Of course. Every other team is more powerful than them. So that is that. Then you get into your four-headed monster, Red Sox, Rays, Yankees, Blue Jays. Four, I think we're going to agree on Red Sox. 
they lost Chris Sale for 60 days. We don't know what that rotation is going to look like in, you know, honestly, in the next couple months. Guys might be called to do, you know, more than they've been asked to. I know Nathan Avaldi will be the ace of that staff, but you get guys like Pavetta. I, I'm, I'm even thinking Paxton will have to kind of have a revamped year. And I think he's even missing time already. And so we'll see with that. I see Red Sox having a great lineup, a very bad pitching staff. I think they'll finish fourth in that division. Um, moving into my top three, Alex. Number one might be kind of a shocker, but I think also it's, it's, it's a favorite in that division. Number one, I have the Toronto Blue Jays. Number two, I have the New York Yankees. And number three, I have the Tampa Bay Rays. I know it's kind of a shocker. I think the Rays still managed to get into the playoffs. I think they still could win 90 games easily, but I think that the Yankees and the Blue Jays will have more wins and will be more of a fight and top dog for that number one division and for that number one seed in, uh, in the AL East. So that's kind of my rundown of the AL, just kind of quickly to go through the seedings. If you have yours, give me kind of yours where you see kind of each division shaping up. And then we'll go through kind of our playoff seedings and how we see the playoffs looking. Yeah, so I'll go the same order as you. I'll go West, Central, East. Um, I haven't like solidified in my mind a one through five, but the basics is we're almost in agreement all the way through. Um, maybe some small differences, but I agree. Uh, five, I would think in the West would be, of course, Oakland. I think for us, Texas makes a lot of sense. I think Texas made enough moves and Oakland sold enough players to where um they, i mean they have to be the bottom two i think uh things have to go really bad for the mariners or the angels to get overtaken by the rangers that's my opinion we'll see if the rangers can prove me wrong um for the mariners and the angels travis we're in agreement i think um i think we're gonna do our, our most underrated and overrated later on but i think people's perceptions about the mariners are a bit off um they definitely could make the postseason i don't want to write them off because they are really close last year and then added more pieces we just oh, want that drought to keep going so yeah. right <laughs> um, they, they added more pieces and there's an extra playoff spot so it makes sense to kind of consider them for that um but we'll talk about that more later i do also have the astros winning the division uh i think that correa is definitely a, a substantial loss but if their new shortstop can even do like you know a third of a correa did in terms of like war and like overall production their lineup is still going to be one of the scariest in all of the American League. Uh, talking about Altuve, talking about Tucker, who I think, honestly, Travis, I'll say right now, preview for the MVP talks. Yep. I did have money on him for MVP. I think he's going to do even better than he did last year. Uh, Alvarez is probably one of the best pure hitters in all of baseball. The second DH of top DHs, I would definitely say, and you probably Easy, would agree too. Yeah. Easily, yeah. And honestly, in a year from now, he could be number one, depending on what Otani does. Um, Yordana is a super special hitter. Like I said, Altuve, Bregman could have a bounce back year. Even if not, he's still going to be a well above average. Gurriel is going to be above average hitter. Brandley, another above average hitter. McCormick, even as a center fielder, I think um, was getting lots of stock. I think there was a lot to like about him. Um the pitching staff for them, I think, is a bit of a step back, mostly because there's a McCullers injury. Not sure when he's coming back, even though I do like his numbers a lot. I think he's a really good pitcher. Cy Young kind of upside if you can piece it together for a full season. But um, I didn't bet on him in Vegas because I just I feel like these injuries are kind of becoming a trend for him. Don't want to, you know, put all that money on that. But um, overall, Framber, Luis Garcia, there's young arms that can continue to get better. So lots to like about the Astros still. One of the favorites in the American League for sure overall. Moving on to the Central, I think that the White Sox uh, are should be the clear-cut favorite. Um, but I do think the Twins and the Detroit Tigers do smell some weakness. I think they're going to put some pressure 
Uh, I'd pick them at two and three. I'm not sure what the order is going to be. It really comes down, I think, in a big way to how these teams start out and then what they do the deadline. Because the deadline is really going to be how some of those like two and three seed, these wildcard teams, they can really make a big push at that deadline. So um, I'm going to wait off to kind of, you know, say who finished second and third there. But I do like Detroit and Minnesota to be the second and third seed in some order. I also agree. I think fifth place would probably be the Royals. I do think, however, Travis, that there is some sneaky upside to the Royals if they do kind of piece everything together. Nicky Lopez, uh, middle infielder for them, really great defender, almost like a David Fletcher type where mm-hmm. he just not, there's just the power is not there, but the defense is super good. I think he's faster than Fletcher, stealing actually a lot more bags. Um, and then uh, I think he is for contact at an elite level. Of course, Bobby Witt uh, is getting opening day start i assume he's getting the opening day uh, lineup spot he is going to be i think immediately travis uh in high impact player i think he's immediately going to be almost like wander franco last year i think he will immediately be a really special player um and there's just good depth around overall in the royals um i, I would say maybe not good depth but there's also there's there's impact pieces all over the place maybe salvador perez has a repeat kind of year maybe brady singer finally breaks out and they have other starting pitchers in their prospect pool that um could get the call up this year so overall, there are some things to like, I think, for the Royals, even though I do have them probably finishing fifth. Moving on to the East now, like you said, it's a four-headed monster. Not even going to address uh, Baltimore. <laughs> Just have fun watching the young kids play. Hope that you can build uh, something great for you know five years from now. Uh, but yeah, for right now, it's a four-headed monster. I also am going to have Red Sox in the fourth spot, though. I think that their offseason was probably the least, uh, it was probably the most underwhelming of the other teams in the division uh second and third it's just like the central i can't make up my mind yet it's between the yankees and the uh Tampa bay Rays for me it is going to be honestly a division where i think uh three teams can win and it's those three it's it's those two along with toronto blue jays um who i have in the number one spot but really it can go any way uh, between those three in my opinion the rays are a team travis when will we learn don't, don't I think give up on them. Yeah. Going into last year, we, I think we had them like, oh, probably the third best team in the division. Year before that, or oh, probably like the third best team in the division. They keep making the playoffs. They keep making a splash in the playoffs. Um, they flamed out last year to, uh, of course, in you know Fenway against Boston. But overall, they have World Series upside, even though on paper, the roster, you would say it's worse than the other teams in the division. Yeah. yeah. Um, there's enough to like Franco another year to get better. Um the pitching staff, a lot of young names. Uh, McClanahan, another year to get better. Maybe Patino can kind of break out soon. You know, lots and, of rising stars. And we'll see stars. with Kluber. I, I, I'm, I'm waiting to see what we get from Kluber because, like you said, if the Rays get him, there must be something left in the tank. There must be something valuable. So we'll see with that. And with uh, is it, is it Shane, Shane Baz, Shane Baz. Uh, being sidelined for – I think at I, least two to three months. Oh, I, I thought it was shorter than that. I mean, I'm not sure. I think okay. it was – it was there was like – I, they, the term is like something floating bodies in his elbow. I don't know what that means or, you know. Who knows? <laughs> but a, a, anyways, I think he will miss some time. But um, I think it really depends on what they want to do with how they revamp him back up. But he was a really big piece for them at the end of last season, yep. going into the postseason, that first series. So overall, um, I think there's just tons of upside with the team and how young they are and how good they were even last season and how good they could be this next season. So uh I think if I predict them to make the, miss the postseason, that's just going to be, you know, an L for me. So, oh, definitely. There, uh, I, I think that'd be a safe bet almost to put money on is Rays make the playoffs. I think it, it has to be. But it's crazy because you just lost thought, yeah. you just lost Meadows and 
Glass now will be out for probably most of the season, if not all the season. It's crazy how they can lose these kind of guys. And just like last season, you lost Morton, you lost Snell, you had a better record. It's like it's just yeah. the way it goes sometimes. But yeah, yeah they're, they're, they're a special team. Um, the East will be really exciting to kind of see how it pans out. But um, high action there for sure. It does. It does. And I think right now, kind of looking at the playoff seedings, Alex, I know I wrote mine down kind of where I see them. Um Number one, I, I I have the Blue Jays at number one spot. I could see them, of course, finishing two or three just because of how competitive that Eastern division is. It could be like the NL East of last year. The division winner wins 88 games. I think right now MLB came out with their, their fan graphs projected win-loss records for each team. I thought I saw something, but it might be a four-tie race in the AL East. I don't see it was, that happening. It was Zips on Fangrass predicted 88 wins for four teams in the AL East. Yeah, I, 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 88 wins for the Red Sox, a little high. I mean, I, I think we and, can all right. say they went backwards. And then also 88 wins for all three. It is interesting that all of them finish with 88 wins. So that's what I mean by they could finish first because I think they're the most talented team, but they also could finish in the, the second or third spot. But for my uh, my rankings right now, I have a number one. Number two, I have the Astros finishing again second in the American League. So with the new playoff structure, Blue Jays and Astros are looking to get the buy this first playoff structure system. So that's that. Number three, of course, I have the White Sox finishing just a touch below the Astros like they did last year. They, of course, will be hosting a wild card series at Chicago. And then the four seed, who is the first wildcard team also hosting a series uh, will be the New York Yankees. I have, I think they're going to actually, um, I think they're, I, th- I think they're going to surprise some people, but I also, I, you know, they're just kind of an iffy team. I don't know exactly what I'm going to expect from some of these guys, but I have the Yankees getting the four spot wildcard game at home. Fifth seed. I have Tampa, Tampa getting the fifth seed. They're going to be going to New York. I have a strong feeling for, and then number six, I went with it, Alex. I think the Angels definitely have a very, very good chance at uh, at making the playoffs this year. I think right now it's all about, of course, we always say it's all about health. Um, pitching staff looks good. Lineup looks great. Bullpen looks even better. So I think right now a good bullpen like they have, everyone stays healthy. Everyone plays good baseball this season. I think it's honestly a pretty easy shot. I honestly, I, wouldn't, I don't even roll out the division. I think they can definitely make some noise in the division as well. I have Angels, though, number six. They, of course, going to Chicago, playing in the uh, the three and the six seed wildcard game. Uh, that's kind of how I see the playoffs. Anything you want to comment on that? How do you see the playoffs shaping out? Do you see you know Blue Jays being a top one, or do you see maybe White Sox or Astros finishing in the top seed? What are your thoughts kind of on the playoffs next year, for at least this October? Yeah, I think Blue Jays at the top makes a lot of sense. I personally think that just based on like the strengths of divisions – I think the Astros have the best chance to really separate themselves from the rest of the division, therefore probably having the best record. I might go Astros as number one record, but that's, you know, uh, I assume a team like the Astros as well as the Blue Jays race are probably all within five games of each other. So it at that point, it can really go either way. Um, I expect, you know, Astros, Rays. Yeah, I think honestly, I think almost five teams I want to just lock in. And, and for me, per, I mean, things could change. We'll see how the central shapes up and stuff like that. But the five teams I really want to lock in are just like the Blue Jays, the Rays, the Yankees, the White Sox, and the Astros. If, if any of yeah. those five teams don't make it, I'll be surprised. I think those five Very teams true. are all trending really well to make the playoffs. The sixth spot in my mind will be up for grabs between the Angels, the Red Sox, the Mariners, 
And then maybe if they continue, twins, if they continue to add the Twins and the Tigers, um, maybe one of those teams could try to get a Montas kind of guy. Maybe they could add another bat. We'll see. But um, I think overall, those five feel super like locks to me. I agree, Travis. The Angels, I would go out there and predict the Angels to make the six, seven. If you told me for sure that the Angels would have uh, average or better injury luck this season, average to MLB or better, I would say we make the playoffs. But mm-hmm. year after year, it seems like all the starting pitchers start breaking down or Trout goes down or Rendon goes down or Otani goes down. If that kind of stuff happens again, of course, it's really tough to pick that team to win just based on the track record. Um, it's one of these things where they have to prove it to us. Um, you can't really say that they're going to do it until they do it because yeah. um, they have to prove it. So we'll see how it shapes up. Um, but yeah, overall, I think the American League race is going to have, you know, really strong teams at the top. And I think the sixth spot, it feels like it's kind of wide open in my mind. And that's a good analysis on the five teams. I know we talked about that in Vegas, actually. I think one night we were talking about how we see the AL shaping out. And those five teams you said, Astros, White Sox, Blue Jays, Yankees, Rays, it definitely does feel like a lock. It just feels like the sixth seed, which is what they added is the one that's really up for grabs. We'll see how each division kind of plays out. If um, maybe if the central just gets, gets very weak, maybe it's easier for the tigers or the twins to really elevate themselves and win more games than a team in the West or the East, but we'll see Um, Alex moving on to the national league. Now Um, I'll kind of run through the same kind of format, how I see each division shaping out. I'll start with the NL West. Um, Pretty simple. The four and the five is going to be the big battle between the Rockies and the Diamondbacks. Those are the two teams I don't see tough battle at all competing. I think we can all agree Rockies, Diamondbacks, their main competition is with each other. No one else. Everyone else, I think, will just squash them this season. Number three, Alex, in the division, I see the San Francisco Giants. I think that their offense, I'm not going to say, I know we've been talking, and I, th- I think we I think we kind of used the word fraud, like their offense was a fraud last season. Um, they would have to really get a lot from guys like Longoria, Crawford, Belt to have almost very similar years. I don't see that happening. I know Longoria is already going to miss time on injury. Really? And Bell, I think, only played one spring training game or one or two. So it's like <laughs> it's already, all, all, already rocky, right, for exactly. some of the veterans who really popped off last exactly. year. So I see them finishing third. I love their rotation. Their rotation to me, honestly, could be one of the best in the NL West. So we'll see how kind of that shapes out. I think they'll definitely be above 500, but I just see them finishing third in that very competitive division. Number two, the San Diego Padres. I think think that they um added a lot of pieces they're still adding they're still looking to get better it just to me it seems how is tatis how soon is he going to be in the lineup if he's in the lineup that team is ready to go that team is ready to explode if they if, if he was in the lineup right now and he had a hot spring i would say padres easily could be the number one team going in the west they still could be but i just feel like number one has to be the dodgers you kind of always say you know it's kind of like the race don't ever count them out the dodgers are always going to prove to you last year crazy how they just kept up with the giants the giants just had a unbelievable unpredictable year last year i was looking at their over-unders predictions was 74 and a half wins they won i think 107 or 108 games i mean i don't understand how you go almost 30 30 games above your over under projected you know projected record so giants give them kudos for that last year i don't think they of course bring that luck i think dodgers of course can lock up the west this year at the number one seed central alex again five seed it's the pittsburgh pirates i'll leave it at that 
they're looking to trade. They're looking to get young players. Don't see them being competitive at all, of course. Number four, I have the Reds. Again, they trade a lot of guys this season, lost a lot of guys. They'll be in competition for the four seed with, I think, um, uh, their main competition, I think, will be the Chicago Cubs. I think, I think everyone can say Cubs, Reds, Pirates to round out that central division is a pretty easy kind of look at how that division will shape up. The top two dogs are the Cardinals and the Brewers. Brewers, I have number one. Pitching is unbelievable. One of the best bullpens, one of the best, probably the best pitching rotation um, out there right now at that three-headed monster. I see that rotation still being able to help some of that offense. They got Hunter Renfro. He's going to provide a lot of power. I, of course, wanted them to do more moves. I know we talked about that as the Brewers needed to make more offensive moves, but I still think they can definitely win the division. Cardinals, good defense, pretty good lineup, good roster, I would say, but I still don't 100% believe in them to win the division. Um, I, you know, you can kind of say maybe getting Pools is going backwards, maybe having Yadier is going backwards. We'll see how that kind of shapes out. If they're going to do one last, you know, reunion kind of season. Um, I'll tell you this, if they don't go make the playoffs and those guys are all on the roster, uh, they will be on the roster. But I think fans will definitely say, OK, what a wasted year. Like we literally went for more of like a reunion type. But we'll see if Adam Wainwright can definitely still shove it. Um, but right now I have Brewers and Cardinals uh, finishing in the top two with the Brewers winning the division for the East, Alex. Number five, um, this team is, it sucks that, I mean, they won the World Series a couple of years ago, but number five is the Nationals. I think it's pretty safe to say they'll probably be the fifth seed. Um, Marlins are on the rise. They got a lot of good pieces. They made a lot of good moves this season. It's definitely a franchise that you like to see make these moves with these young players. Now you get some of these veteran bats, Jacob Stallings behind the plate, Jorge Soler, uh, Avisel Garcia in the outfield. It's definitely a nice shaping look. Uh, of a team I think they're still gonna of course not be of too much competition for the division I think they definitely they have a really clear shot possibly at getting 80 wins I think I think they could really hover around 500 which I think would be an exceptional finish for the Marlins this year I think that should be almost a goal they're looking to get is try to play 500 baseball they finish in the four seed three seed Alex I have the Mets I be honest, I'm, I'm not too high on the Mets right now. Um, with what I've seen, I feel like the last couple days, and I just don't know about how their staff can hold up. Three seed is the Mets. I think they, of course, still finish easily above 500, but I think that they'll be the three seed. The two seed, I like the Phillies. What we've seen from Bryce, Bryce Harper, I think the last two weeks, Alex, I I really like. I, I really like what he's been doing, ways and swinging the bat. Bryce Harper, I think, will help that team. And of course, I think Nola will have a better year. Zach Wheeler will have a Cy Young-like finish year again, I believe. And then, of course, um, I just think the offense, Schwarber, Cassianos, Real Muto, Reese Hoskins. I mean, I, I like this offense a lot. I think it's one of the deadliest offenses in the National League. So I have the Phillies, too. Number one, I still have the Braves, Alex. One of the most complete pitching staffs. One of the best bullpens. Colin McHugh, Kenley Jansen to go with Minter, Matzik, and Will Smith. That's just deadly with that pitching staff. And then, of course, the offense with Matt Olson. I know he ranked him below Freddie Freeman in the rankings, Alex, but I think that that move is such a way better move than signing Freddie Freeman, in my opinion. I think that the Braves got a better deal. I and mean, you would agree, too. You got younger and you got almost cheaper. And I think, honestly, and like you said, in a year or two, Olson will be the guy. He'll he'll belt 45 home runs and uh play great defense i think he's going to be a good fit in his you know native hometown of atlanta or in the georgia area so i have the braves finishing number one of course of course acuna austin riley i like their team a lot that's how i see the east shaping out kind of give me your rundown of the nl right now okay very good <laughs> that was a lot take a sip 
Um, National League West, I'll start there. Like you said, obvious bottom two, Colorado and Arizona. Just pray, pray, pray that your team realizes that it's time to rebuild. If you're a fan, just that just be a fan of Cattell and Chris Bryant. That's all you can be, really, right now. Yeah, that's where you're at. And then, so I think for three, I'd also lean on Giants. I think the Giants are a team where, even though, like we said, uh, guys like Longoria might have overperformed, guys like Belt might have overperformed a little bit, but I think still a really good player. Guy like uh, Brandon Crawford may have overperformed. That might be all true, and they all may regress. And one thing that people kind of always never mention that they should is they lost Buster Posey. That's true. Who had one of his best seasons ever and <laughs> somehow and then retired. Um, that's a big loss as well. I think their pitching staff is really good. I think they honestly play some of the smartest baseball. I think, honestly, they will be competing with the Rays like in the next you know several seasons. like one of the smartest franchises in baseball. I saw this really interesting article about how they were like, they're changing their approach on like depending on the pitcher and the pitch type that he threw and like the angle of approach of the, of the pitcher on a given day. They adjust like their the, how they swing their bat and like it's just like I uh, guess like their analytics department is like is really invested in the coaching and like they're all kind of being really smart together. And I like to see that kind of stuff. Overall, the pitching staff over there, like you said, it's going to be really good. It's going to play really well in Oracle Park, I do believe. Um, I think Cobb, Wood, Disclafania are going to have you know really good seasons. I think that Rodon has another Cy Young kind of season uh, lurking if he can get to that like 175, 180 at least innings pitched. Um, probably got to get to that, at least that kind of benchmark if you want to be really considered for a Cy Young. So um, a lot to like, I would say. And of course, Logan Webb, I think, is a Cy Young candidate just write it down just go to vegas and bet i think it's a great i think it's a great bet um overall though travis the potters and the dodgers for me are the two teams to beat the dodgers really the big team to beat um everything went wrong for them last year all these guys got hurt bellinger had a complete meltdown bets had a kind of a down year muncie got hurt even though he was playing like an mvp kershaw got hurt uh Bueller and yours had to really carry that rotation may had to go out for tommy john everyone was getting hurt right bauer was just doing things on the side but, but ba- <laughs> great point that their biggest <laughs> their by far their biggest acquisition of the offseason immediately Played became two months <laughs> immediately became a zero right um we still know how that's gonna finish right but just even if if we just write him out as as a, as a zero for this season um i think that they proved that they got 106 wins despite all that adversity. I think it has an underrated achievement. 106 wins with all those injuries, all those things not going your way. Shows how good their depth is, their coaching is. They're really smart. Um, they kept it together. They made good additions. Our Pujols, even though Travis, we make jokes about him all the time, he ended up, I would say overall, worked out for them, at least with somewhat of a positive as a bench bat. Um, looking at around the rest of their team, of course, they're going to make big ads at the deadline. So if you want to... Pre- project like who's going to win the national league the dodgers out of any team are down to go get the scherzer and the trey turner at the deadline they will make the big move at the deadline to put themselves over the top um to make themselves the real favorites and of course uh, coach dave roberts travis just said um like a week ago in a spring training press conference he said we will win the world series he just said that to his you know reporters so they have a lot of confidence over there and i respect that so for me they have to be number one like you said if tatis was healthy Padres could flirt with that spot. I think their pitching will do a lot better this year than it did last year. Darvish um, had a down year. I think he comes back up quite a bit. 
I think Snell also is going to be really solid. And then I think Musgrove, what we saw last year, I think that was the real deal. That's who he is. Um, add Manea, get Clevenger back. You know, really, really, really deep rotation for them. So, um, and the bats, you know, the bats get done. So I think that they're a solid two seed, a solid wildcard team um, in the National League. Going to the Central, I agree with your bottom three. It's Cubs, probably third, my guess. Reds, probably fourth. Pirates, probably fifth. But in some order, I think those teams are going to be non-competitive, personally. Um, just root for your guys, right? You got Brian, <laughs> yep. Brian Reynolds, Jonathan India, Seiya Suzuki. You know, each team has a guy that they can kind of rally around or whatever. But um, it's overall probably not looking good for the playoffs. Big two teams are Cardinals and Brewers. I would lean slightly towards the Brewers. I give them some credit for last year. I had them. I was so high on them last year, right, Travis? I yep. said from the get-go, they're winning the division. I bet money on them in Vegas. They'll win the division. They're going to be really good. Uh, I like their pitching going into the off, going into the season. I still like their pitching going into this next season, Travis. They just failed to take advantage of what could have made them a National League favorite. It really, if they added they three bats, really two could. bats, they really could have. They they chose not to, and uh, I think it's unfortunate. Overall, they made some moves, of course, but uh, I think that they might be a little, little bit worse than they were last year. Just assuming Woodruff or Burns, one of the two, takes a little bit of a step back, it'll hurt them by a couple wins, I'd assume. Uh, but overall, probably a division favorite. I would not count out the Cardinals to win the division, though. Their pitching, I think, is honestly not good. Um, Flaherty, I think, is already on the IL. Uh, Wayne Wright is going to take a step back. Last season was. It was too special for a 40-year-old, right? It was too good for a 40-year-old. I think Yadier continues to age, of course. Uh, Pujols on the bench. Uh, I don't think it's going to be a, a minus move. He's not going to be like a minus one more because he's not going to get that many plate appearances. He's, he's going to be fine. Um, clubhouse guy. <laughs> a famous quote. But, um, yeah, I think that the bats and the defense are special enough to kind of keep them in that race with the Brewers. They will keep the pressure on the Brewers. I would pick Brewers uh, if I had to make a decision right now, but we'll see how that race shapes up between one and two. But it's a two-man race in my mind. Going to the East, I agree with your four and five. Five, I would also agree. Nationals, four, I would also agree. Miami, I think that the Marlins do have some sneaky upside. A couple years away, almost surely, right? I think a couple years before they get some of that great minor league pitching or that prospect-level pitching to become established in the majors. Trevor Rogers was the first glimpse we saw. Next up, it's going to be Sixto Sanchez. It's going to be Max Mayer. All those guys coming right behind Alcantara and um, Pablo Lopez. They're going to have a really great rotation in the near future. So a lot to be excited about for them. But for now, uh, I would say a losing team. Could flirt with 500, like you said, but I would say a losing team. Now, Travis, it gets really interesting. The top three the top right three. there is probably the hardest thing to predict uh, right now, in my mind at least. Very much like the AL East, yep. Because, Travis, the Braves last year, I was low on them, of course. I hate them. I know you hate them, yeah. They had they won the World Series, yes. They also had 88 wins, right? And do you think that they got a lot better, a little better, a little worse, or a lot worse? Like, I think that it's probably fair to say it's like either a little better or a little worse. Really? Do you, do you, think, that's, you think they got a lot better? I think they got... I think they got a strong a little better. You said you like Freeman better for next season, right? I mean, yeah, but I just think and that— And you're going to miss Acuna for at least some time. You miss Acuna for the first you know, month or so, but well, I think that— We'll, I, I, we'll I, see what they can do at the deadline, but they had a losing record going into like the final month of the season. That's just true. They, yeah. they were like tied with the Phillies. They also added 
Soler, Rosario, Duvall, and Peterson, who all worked out. If that happens next season and they get some guys at the deadline that are kind of these average guys, if they don't do what those guys did and they don't overperform to replace like an Acuna kind of guy, I think it's going to hurt them. So I think overall— That bullpen and that pitching staff, in my opinion, still are— Th- that that will get him through till Acuna gets there, and I still like Olsen to to yeah perform in to have a career year next year if I can say that as well. Yeah, I think Olsen, uh, like I said, I have him above Freeman, so I think it is an upgrade. But um, I think people acting like they got way way better. I think the pitching staff it stayed the same. No, the, yeah, the bullpen the same, yeah. you added Jansen, um, you added McHugh, uh, you lost Chris Martin. He was injured a lot, anyways. But like. I think overall it's going to produce about the same. I think Will Smith is a solid reliever. I don't think he's a great reliever. I think Matzik and Minter are both very solid relievers. I think that they really popped off in the World Series, and that's why we remember these great moments. Of course, of course, yeah. I don't see them being these dominant bullpen arms for 162 games. They could be really good. They're really good in a 60-game season, and they're really good in the last year's postseason. But for 162, I'm not 100% sold. They could easily win the division. They could easily win the World Series again, and they, you all can laugh at me, right? But I think for the time being, win again, but yeah. for, the, for the time being, um, I'm just not sold that they're this favorite, right? I think that they easily could win it, but I don't think they're this favorite. Um, I think that they have this weakness of Acuna injury, and then like I think they're getting overrated. The Phillies have this weakness of defense, right? Like yeah. it's just it's just a crazy mess. Like Hoskins at the corners, you have Hoskins and you have Bohm, who are bad defenders. At shortstop, you have Gregorius, who is a bad defender in the outfield. Um, I think Schwarber will be DHing, so at least you get his defense out of the equation. But Castellanos, Harper, not good defenders. Castellanos, especially not a very good defender. Um, it's really gonna be on a real muto. I think uh, Gene Segura is a good defender. It's really gonna, Travis. It's gonna come down to me if their pitching staff can get strikeouts. Is it'll be okay, right? Like yeah. just strike the guys out. Defense won't matter, right? So Nola Wheeler, both good at getting strikeouts. Um, I bet Nola. Spoiler, spoiler alert. I bet him to win Cy Young. I like his odds a lot. Um, I think last year was a complete um, anomaly. His ERA was way too high. Um, it might have been the bad defense. It might have just been some bad luck. It might have been the bad bullpen where the coach left him in too long in the game, something like that, you know? A lot of factors. I do think that Nola has a Scion caliber season, at least a top 20 voting, top 25 voting kind of thing. Wheeler as well in that same discussion will be on the Scion voting thing um, if I had to make a prediction right now. One of the best two-headed monsters, I think, in baseball. Um, Eflin also is really good at uh, avoiding walks, but not the hugest strikeout guy, so maybe some balls in play there might hurt the team overall. They added bullpen pieces. They added bats. I think that they probably improved their total wins by, I would say, I don't, I don't know, a handful, right? A handful I, more wins, I would and, think. And they finished, what, like 83, 84 wins Something last like year? Something like that, yeah. yeah. So I yeah. could see them being in the, in the mid mid to high 80s. Yeah. If, if things go well, if yeah. they stay healthy, if Harper doesn't, you know, do a complete, like, up and down, as long as yeah. he just stays yeah. kind of, you know, as this all-star level guy, which he didn't make the all-star team last year, which is so funny. But It, it could be one of the most competitive divisions. I know the Nationals, We I was pretty low on them, but, I mean, they still have Soto. They still have, you know, they got, I know they got Nelson Cruz. We'll see what happens there. Josh Bell, some other guys. I know they got Kiebert Ruiz, uh, young prospect from the Dodgers. Josiah Gray, um, yeah. They, they do have some good pieces, but I think that the Marlins, it's going to, I mean, I think the Marlins will be a team that really could beat up on a lot of these teams. 
the Mets, the Phillies, and the Braves. I don't know. I, just, I feel like the Marlins teams will go in and say, oh, we're playing the Marlins this series. It'll be a tough series because I think that that young pitching they have, will never have seen before. The scouting reports will be a little bit flaky. And, I mean, you could walk away with some teams really you know, struggling against the Marlins the full season. And that could really hurt them. You, you put it well because I do think that the big three in the division, the Phillies, the Mets, and the Braves – they're all flawed in some way. And like you said, they they go to Miami to play the Marlins. I don't think that they should have this kind of confidence like, oh, yeah. we're the better team. We're going to yeah. beat up in these guys. They have to respect, I think, some of the worst teams in the NL, like the, the teams that are below them in the rankings. Definitely. They're going to have to respect them because I think that uh, those big three in the, in the NL East all have their own issues. And the issue, of course, for the Mets, which I haven't mentioned yet, is the injuries. It's the DeGrom factor. Can he stay together, keep it together for Definitely. a healthy season? Can Scherzer keep it together? Because last season, he had to carry the load. He had to do a workhorse in the last couple months. Ended up uh, burning out his arm in the postseason. Had to miss a start, which cost him big time in Atlanta. Um, so overall, the Mets, I think I like what the moves they made. But at, at the end of the day, if Canna and Escobar have like down years, your only real addition was Scherzer, which is a great addition. Yeah. But if you lose DeGrom to injury, it's like you have the same team as you did last year. Also Starling Marte as well. Um, For sure. And yeah. I think that his five war last year is just not going to happen again. Like he, he he stole a crazy amount of bags, which he couldn't do again. He's going he's gonna to have good defense and good speed. That, that, that'll, that'll remain consistent. That, that's true. Um, but like he almost could be a Conforto replacement, a similar guy to Conforto in terms of just overall war and value. Um, of course, Conforto probably leaving the team. Still has not picked the team yet. Don't, don't know what's happening yeah, with him. But yeah. Overall, the Mets, the Phillies, and the Braves, Travis, I'm going to put them all on the same level. Okay. I don't know who's going to win it. I don't want to make a bold pick yet, but I do think that um, whoever feels like, oh, this is our division, I would say respect your opponents. I would not get that cocky about it because— We said it last year, yeah. yeah. All of these teams have their issues that they need to keep an eye on to kind of keep the season growing, and um, it may come down, like I said, uh, the, tr- the trade deadline could be nice for some of these teams— um, the Braves, it was theirs last year. They made the biggest moves in terms of postseason value. NLCS at, at, at and the, MVP, or World Series MVPs, yeah. At the deadline. So because of that, and, and if there was a division series MVP, it probably would have been Jock Peterson for them. So <laughs> Very probably, true. probably would have been Very all three. True. Very true. So with that in mind, um, it'll come down to, in my mind for that division, uh, it'll be exciting for sure to track. But um, I would say all of them, don't, don't get comfortable. Keep, okay. keep pushing. Okay. Wait, have you heard any news on, uh, on Soroka on the Braves? Anything on that? matter i know uh i don't know no i I just know that he won't be starting um the season and i know it's funny i mean you go back to 2019 and 2020 and he was just he was their ace i mean he was their guy and he's not even really considered right now and right now of course you got morton max freed ian anderson kind of just leading the way um with some other guys behind him but uh you know like I said, I think the Braves have a very good, just structured one through five rotation. I really like their bullpen. I think that their bullpen will definitely keep them above Bay. I think it's better than, you know, probably every bullpen in the AL or in the NL East. So I think that they can definitely make a strong push. I think Acuna, I know, I, I know he will not, of course, be starting on the opening day roster. I think they said probably late April around the beginning of May, he should be back. So if that Acuna? happens, Acuna. Really? Yeah, yeah I saw so I, Checking fantasy every day now, you know, with these with these uh, fantasy teams that we got. So uh, Acuna could be back, hopefully, as we see in May. That, of course, would be a nice push for that uh, that outfield. But Alex, I know we kind of talked about the the um, the AL playoff seedings kind of get me through the NL playoff seedings. I know it's hard to rank these teams right now. Basically, the way I see it, the top two teams, I think that will be having the buys this year will be the Dodgers and the Brewers. I think the Brewers, again, 
will have a good time in a, I would say, kind of a relaxed division. Cubs, Reds, Pirates, we think we, I think we all know they're not going to be huge threats for the division. So I think they can have a good time kind of beating up on those teams. We'll see. The Cardinals will be the team that they have to have the most competition with. But I think the Brewers could definitely get the two seed, winning again 92 to 95 games like last year. I think they can definitely do. Number one, of course, Dodgers. I think Dodgers can easily get 95 to 100 wins this season. Um, we'll see where they finish up. But I think that they'll win the division. I think they'll be a top two team in the National League. Number three, I had the Braves winning the division, so I'll have the Braves number three seed. I think they'll be the third seed. I think that division, again, will have the lowest amount of wins for a division winner just because of how good that division is so i think that that division winner no matter who it could be will probably be the three seed for the playoff structure we'll have to host a wild card series number four i actually have the padres hosting a wild card series as well so i think the padres will get do enough to get into the playoffs i think that they're kind of in a make or break kind of situation right now they know that if they don't make the playoffs this year I think everyone can kind of just make fun of them and, and have a right to because you now have two straight seasons of just so much hype that you guys can't do anything. And you're going for it and you can't get it. Exactly. Yet. And you got Snell and you got Darvish who, you know, in a couple years, maybe in a year, I, I got to look at the numbers, but are expiring and you're going to have to say, are we going to sign them? Or are we going to have to, you know, get rid of them? What's going to happen? So I see the Padres trying their best to make the most of this season, making acquisitions, making moves. We'll see what happens, though. I see them, though, finishing fourth and hosting the Wild Card. The last two seeds, Alex, I have the Cardinals finishing fifth. I think with just the way that division is going to be, I think the Cardinals can def definitely still have a good amount of wins in that division. I think that they'll finish uh, fifth overall, just like last season. Number six, Alex, and this would be kind of a shocker. Um, we'll see if I'm right, but I number six, I have the Phillies. I think the Mets missed the playoffs. I think that possibly having so much responsibility on Scherzer could increase injury factors later on this season we've seen him the last two years we've seen him in 2019 in the world series i know he came back and pitched i think it was game seven but he was crumbling in the world series he was running out of gas i don't know what's going to happen this season because they're they're going to definitely need him to pitch into october that's what their goal is i don't know how his season looks could battle some injury bugs here and there we'll see then of course you're kind of putting trust on bassett who's a great pitcher you're putting trust on taiwan walker and uh, Carlos Carrasco we'll see and of course McGill who's starting tomorrow um, for opening day but um, I don't know I, I, I just I, I'll talk more about him later but Mets I don't know again I was not high on last year this year I, I guess right now I'm just not buying it with the way that DeGrom I think the DeGrom news for me was the biggest shock was the biggest push because I'm not a big believer in Lindor anymore I don't know I I, I I know I'm kind of making these tough accusations, but I'm not a big believer in Lindor. I think he kind of lost his funk when he left Cleveland going to the Big Apple. Um, the lights can be, you know, the bright lights can be tough for some of these players. We'll see what happens. But I think that Lindor won't have his seasons like he did in Cleveland. But I think the Phillies finish six. They'll be going to Atlanta division rivals. I think Cardinals will be going to San Diego for the wild card. So that's kind of how I lay out my playoff structure. I know a little bit more thought out, but any kind of th comments or thoughts on how you see, I guess, do you have a big five or a big, yeah, a big six? You know, wh what do you see definites making the playoffs next year? Yeah, I don't have a map out of who's going to see who, but uh, yeah, I, I think the best team, the team to beat is going to be the Dodgers in the one seat, of course. Um, I think that they've earned it. They've solidified it. Uh, they were... The sec they're the they I mean they're not the two seed last year because their division rival the Giants were the yep. one seed but they were the second best record last year and I think the Giants of course will take a step back Dodgers might even take a step forwards or stay on the same probably so with that in mind Dodgers are an easy pick for number one 
Um, my second best team. I don't know if it's my second best team in the division in the in the in the in the league, but the the next best division winner I would say is I'll go with Brewers as well. Um, I think that the Braves probably make the playoffs as well. It's hard for me to pick. I think I think yeah. that the Mets probably edge out the Phillies in my mind. Okay. Um, and yeah, it, it, it's really tough. <laughs> yeah. I I'm gonna go with the Cardinals making it. And then the Padres making it, so that'll, okay. that'll be my six. Okay. Um, so okay. two, two from each, which I feel like it never really works that way, right? I feel like there's never really two in each. Yeah, I know, I know exactly. But um, I'll go that way for now. I mean, last year we almost got four, which is kind of just outrageous to see in the AL East. And so. some, some people are predicting four this coming season, yeah, yeah. in the AL East. So yeah. we'll see. But yeah, I think that overall, um, that some of these teams, I think, so I'm going to kind of take a a curveball on what you said because you said. The Braves might have the worst record of all the division winners because their division's so good. I think the division's not so good. I think it's just equal. Like they're all equal, but like I think like the the I think if you put the Braves or the Mets or the Phillies in the AL East or like if you put them in the NL West or something, I think they're like three or four seeds. Like all of them. I think the Braves are. You know that that's is that controversial? I I I agree. Do, with do you the, get what I'm saying? The upside is not nearly the same. I do. I, I agree with the AL East. The AL East, I think, is just a juggernaut division. I think that most of these teams would have a hard time competing. So I agree with that. Braves in the AL Central, I think they could easily compete with the White Sox. Braves in the AL West or yeah AL West, I think that they could. Um, I think they could still easily get a number number two slot, get a number one slot. I think um, I like the East this year just because I think when you look at, you know, I, I feel like if you had to make like an all division, NL, team. all division team, the NL East would just be, no, a lot would, of, would be stacked. A lot of talent entered the division. No yeah. debate there. No debate there. I just think that even like last year we saw, I think last year it was the shallowest division mm-hmm. just based on like all these teams are 500 or lower. And we're like in September, like what is going on? And I get that too. And for me, I think it's just based on how competitive it is. But yeah, so it, yeah, so that's the thing. I do think it's very competitive, but I think you can be, I mean, if every team sucked, but were equal, they could be competitive, right? So that, that's, that's, I don't think they all suck. I'm just saying like my mindset is that like they're all very comparable and have their own flaws. And so I, I'm excited to see how it shapes up. All for now, I'll say, I'll say Braves and Mets get in. That, okay. that, that's where I'll sit right and now. A, and that's a safe pick. I don't know who's going to win it, but I think that that's a good pick. Phillies, we've seen them stumble in the past, so I can see them stumble. I, I like their offense, but of course, I know pitching and defense, it really goes a long way in a season. So the Phillies have some question marks, of course, with defense, and they probably have some question marks with pitching after you get past Wheeler and Nola. And, so And their bullpen has always been a question mark. They added some good arms, but it's, it's one of those things where like, it's like the Angels rotation this year. Yeah. They added stuff, but it's like, we have to see it work exactly. until we put faith in you. Exactly. So exactly. That's, that's me with the Phillies, I guess. Good uh, good way to kind of shape that up and, and kind of round up that part of the segment of the episode. But that's kind of how we see our AL and NL, I guess, when you look at kind of these finishes. At least the AL you can see and you can say there's a big five. And then, of course, you have just four to five teams for the scraps of the, of the six seed. I think we can all agree on that. NL, on the other hand, is messy. It is. I, it's, it's very messy. messy. I think outside of the Dodgers – who feel like a guarantee, I think everything else is messy. I think the Cardinals could upset the Brewers. Yeah. Not likely, but I think that definitely could happen. I think the East is kind of up for grabs. Um, the Braves, of course, probably the betting favorite. And then the Padres, the Giants, I don't know what to make. Are they are they going to beat out the Cardinals? Are they going to beat out the Phillies, the Mets? It's all kind of very exactly. hard it, to predict. It's kind of funny, though, too, because the West, 
you know, the bottom two teams are pretty simple. We can say the the central, the bottom two teams are pretty safe to say they're going to finish in the bottom two. And then the East, I think the Marlins and the Nationals are, are going to be the bottom two. I know the Marlins, I think we can be, we can really have high hopes for them, but I think that they're not going to make the playoffs at all, the Marlins. But it's kind of funny when you have the three teams in the, I feel like you have the three teams in the East, the two teams in the central and three teams in the West. That is, what is that? That's eight teams. And so right now you're going to have two of those teams not make the playoffs. And I think that both the two teams that don't make the playoffs will probably be above 500 and it'll be kind of like a it, it'll be a disappointment but i think that it will just definitely be a, a a huge bundle and a huge scrap of teams in the top six whereas um the al i think we know who our five teams are the six is going to be the big fight between you know the two and the threes for you know the al um al west and the al central and then of course maybe the red sox is the four seed in the al in the um in the al east but um it's interesting how both kind of play you know both leagues are really kind of already shaping up to who we can see making the playoffs mm -hmm. and who we can really see, you know, how we see the seedings, um, the NL, you know, we don't, I, I couldn't, I honestly, if, if you told me the Dodgers get the three seed, I would honestly say that wouldn't, that, that'd be kind of shocking, but I, it would not be a huge shocker because I could see the Brewers just easily cruising to a division title, winning 96 games with maybe the division being weaker and weaker. But um, yeah, that's what, that's what we play baseball for. So. 100, 162 ahead of us. We'll see how it shapes up. Yeah. So now we'll kind of move into quickly kind of going over Alex. I mean, we kind of covered the American League and the National League, but give me your overrated and underrated for the American League. One team for each. Who do you see as being uh, those teams? Overrated. Um, I really want to give two. Go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, my overrated and they're, they're in different ways. First off, um, I think that the most overrated team is probably the Mariners right now. Okay. Um, it will sound like hate because, of course, we're Angels fans. We want to outrank them. We're going to be in the wild card race with them most likely. I just think that a lot of their additions are not super, super impactful. Um, I think most of their improvement this season is going to be just based off their young guys getting a year older. Julio Rodriguez, hopefully for them breaking out. Kelnick, hopefully not being a negative like he was last year. Last year, he was just so bad um, for a majority of his stretch um, in the pros. So we'll see how they shape up those young guys. But I think adding Ray, it's a good get, but he's not going to be a Cy Young next year. I can promise you. Like he may get a couple of votes, but um, I think he's probably very comparable to like Otani, um, who Angels have. Um, I don't think he's like you know, the division ace, I, I wouldn't say. Um, and then, of course, adding Winker is a good bat, but he's kind of one-dimensional the defense is not there the base running is not really there he really mashes righties he really struggles against lefties in a big way so a really great tool for a, a winning team but for a team that's really trying to count on him to be like the impact i'm not as so sold on that eugenio suarez uh, has lots of power but i'm not sure he's a super impactful guy as well if they're gonna make the playoffs it'll be because julio rodriguez is really good some of their young pitchers step up i know they have a rookie they just called up said you're you're the five man in the rotation this yeah. year here's the ball so if he steps up um if julio kelnick um you want to see more growth from jp crawford uh kyle or uh, kyle lewis who had a good rookie year in the short season not a great 2021 um, by compared to his rookie year standards. He could be a trade piece uh, because the outfield's getting kind of clogged, right? You have Winker, you have Julio, you have Kelnick, um, you have other platoon guys I know that they use. You have Hanager, who I haven't mentioned. He, That's true. He, he could DH or Winker could DH. A lot of options, but um, 
I think Lewis might could be an odd man out that they end up trying to trade for a pitcher. That's what I would do if I were them at least. The bullpen last year I think super overperformed. Um, and it really shows their overperformance kind of shows because their Pythagorean win loss, they, they allowed way more runs than they scored. So they should have had a losing record by, you know, according to Pythagoras, but, um, <laughs> I like that. Yeah. But, uh, according to the rules of baseball, they had like an 88 win season. And I think that overall, um, is not sustainable. Um, they are going to be a bit better than they were last year, but I think that their record last year was not indicative of their skill last year, if that makes any sense. Definitely. So I think that they are a team I think is being overrated right now. I'm just going to throw this out there. I saw two things today that blew my mind. An MLB posted a fan-voted poll, and the, ath- and the-, the, the athletic writers, um, so just the, the group of writers for the athletic, they both, those different groups, had them winning the division. The Mariners. I saw some in Mariners winning divisions polls today, and I was which 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 they may make the playoffs. Charge. They may prove us wrong. Yeah, but for them to be favored over the Astros, who just made five straight ALCSs, who just were in the World Series, who have lost nobody but yeah. Correa, who is a really good player, but they have a good replacement coming up, and it's just one piece you lost. I mean, for them for the for the for the Astros to fall like ten games and the Mariners to gain like five games, I don't see that happening yeah. personally. So. We'll see how they shape up. I think that's pretty egregious in my mind. Um, I think the Mariners are solidly a two or three team in the division, um, leaning towards three, um, as I said earlier. So I never but, trust fan vote. So yeah, yeah. F- fan vote is always a mess. But the writers I had a little bit more faith in. But yeah, I I, I think that I think I made my point clear on them. Uh, my other overrated team. I'll try to keep it shorter. I think the White Sox are a really good team i don't think they're a great team i don't think that they're in this elite tier of teams i think that robert could be an mvp i think that um Moncada is a rising star i think some of the other guys might be a little overrated um i mean there's tons of like they, they're by far the favorite to win the division i'm not saying that they're not that i don't think that there's powerhouse though um lynn of course is already going to miss time i think he was missing multiple months i might if i heard that correctly um i know their Garrett Crochet, their young lefty, you know, was a bullpen arm that could become a starting pitcher at some point, uh, is missing the whole season on Tommy John. They're going to be heavily reliant on G. Lito to be their ace while Lynn is out. They'll be reliant on Kopech, who is a young guy who's only thrown in the relief role since he was in the minors. They'll be relying on him to be a big league starter, which I think he can do, and I like his odds for, like, rookie stuff, but, like, um, if he's still qualifying, he's still a rookie qualifying, is he? Who is it? Kopech? He's not, no. Oh, he's not? No, okay. Yeah. Well, never mind then. But I think I think being a young starting pitcher, that's really good. I agree. That's definitely possible. But putting a lot of pressure on him, asking him to be like the third or second guy in the rotation is going to be kind of hard. Uh, Cease is a good pitcher. Um, he's going to continue to get better. But um, the bullpen's great. I, I, I guess I'm just trying to say that I think that the Twins – and the Tigers, if they get lucky, they'll be knocking on the door um, in the second half of the season. Uh, the White Sox last season started off good, and then they really kind of just tapered off. I think their record from like June to the end of the season was like the same as the Tigers, which is like that's like that should be a disaster if yeah. you're because you're, you're, your roster is so much better. What, yeah. what went wrong there? But um, yeah, we'll see how it shapes up. They made some additions, and I think the bullpen is is good, but they're gonna be missing some guys to injury. And if the team at any point slips up or gets more injured, you know, it's not out of question they lose the division. It's not out of question. It is not. And that's a good OR team. Um, 
I, I honestly agree with them. I think that they're going to win the division. I think they're going to easily win the division. But I just think in playoffs sense, they're just they're not at and all on your radar going to be. People have them going to the World Series and playing the Dodgers, and I just don't know. I'm like, I just don't know how they can do that. I mean, of course, anything can happen. They can play good baseball for two weeks. They have a good roster, but I don't know. I just feel like the other teams are packed with talent. My OR team, Alex, even though I had them finishing second, the New York Yankees for me is the most overrated team right now. Um, I don't really? know. I'm I'm not buying Donaldson. I'm not buying. I, I don't I don't like the moves they made. I think that people are are showing that they have you know. And I know we had an argument a couple weeks ago. I'm not buying Gallo. I'm I'm not buying Gallo. He plays good defense, but I don't know. I just don't think he's the kind of guy that they need to make that lineup click. I feel like they have so many sluggers. They just need a guy that I, I know he has a good on base or a, above average on base, but I just feel like they need more of a contact presence maybe like it's kind of sad to say but more of like i feel like a david fletcher who's not going to strike out i think a lot of guys in their team last year struck out a lot um i know their catcher did but they got rid of him um, oh yeah i i don't know i i'm not sold 100 percent. i don't know if dj lemayhew can ever have a season like he did in 2019 uh rizzo you know to me, it's kind of like it's a good pick because you don't want to get an expensive bat or an expensive player. Rizzo, I think, was a decent, good move. Um, Glaber, I, I, I don't know what to expect from him defensively, at least. Um, offensively, it's 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 somewhat of a question mark, but um, I don't know. I, I just do not see them. Um, I, I just feel like they're just a team that I don't, I don't want to say they have drama, but I just feel like they definitely are a team that on paper should win a lot of games they never do. I love Judge. I think Judge still brings it. But um, I just think that they always find a way to really just hurt themselves throughout the year. So to me, the the overrated team right now is the Yankees. Um, I still don't like their pitching staff right now. I feel like I know Garrett Cole is the leader of that guy, of that staff, but I'm not 100% sold on the pitching staff just yet uh, for the starting rotation. Bullpen, of course, is still very good. Uh, La, I know I'm going to have trouble saying it. Loisiga. Loisiga. Yeah. Loisiga is elite. Loisiga is very good. Also, of course, with Araldis Chapman. We'll see what happens with Chapman. He just had a fallout last year. I think it was like two or three months that was just complete awfulness. Right. And so. But he, at, at the end of the season, his numbers were not terrible. Yeah. He just kind yeah. of the good and the bad kind and, of average. And I think the first six weeks were like unbelievable. Like he mm-hmm. hadn't given up a run or anything like that. So Walsh, I can definitely then, be wrong. And then Walsh came to town. That's true. That's true. I could, I could definitely be wrong. But um, but to me, I just think that they're they're just an overrated squad. And I think that they can easily uh, make the playoffs. But I think they could definitely be like the White Sox where they can just face trouble between, you know, some young team coming in or just, of course, play the Astros. And, you know, they just they pretty much call the Astros their daddy because they always just continuously beat up on them. And I know people would always argue there are certain way reasons why they beat up on them, uh, yeah. you know, clickers and all that kind of stuff. But uh, they're my OR team, Alex. Um, and then I'll kind of move over to my underrated team. And then you give yours. For me, my underrated team right now is the Minnesota Twins. What they did with the moves, I think Correa, of course, is a fantastic modition. Me, me and you loved him. Um, I actually really like, of course, now if Paddock comes through, I like Paddock to be able to perform and kind of, I guess, grow at his pace in Minnesota. I think he can have a really good uh, time there. I like Gio Urshela in Minnesota. I actually really like Gary Sanchez in Minnesota. I think that some of these guys getting out of that New York setting and going to a quiet North Midwest city, really that most sports teams in Minnesota right now don't have any faith in, I think, anybody. I mean, the Timberwolves right now are doing really good, but Minnesota 
sports right now is if you can be 500 that's going to be one hell of a season for you guys so i think a lot of these guys not having the pressure could really perform and have a good season so i like what the minnesota twins have done it is kind of rare that they got rid of donaldson and and mitch garver and i feel like they kind of got I mean, you could definitely make a case they might have got a little worse, but I feel like the moves they made might be a little bit smarter on the whole team aspect. Also with Buxton, Alex, we'll talk about him a little bit with the MVP. Buxton, if he has a full season and he's playing like he did last year, he could have an 11 war. I mean, we could really see a special season from him. I guess also the Twins, a lot of things have to go right, but I also like the, the way that their staff was kind of, the staff's kind of made. I mean, I think Bundy can still be a decent four guy in their lineup and then of course i think it's joe ryan um yeah. as their ace right now i like what he brought last year and then uh, there's a guy at the last name with a b um oh the bailey ober is that you're talking about might not be bailey ober but uh, i have to i'm gonna just Blanken. i, I miss yeah. my research but uh i think that right now the twins have a decently underrated staff uh, and a def- decently underrated roster um polanco correa urshela i think sano at first base sano dh'ing it's kind of funny that this team in 2019, Alex, won one games, and they really outperformed everybody, and they could possibly do the same thing now. So they're my underrated team right now. Uh, give me who you got for your underrated. Yeah, I like your pick. I think that Minnesota has a lot of upside there. Um, like you said, Buxton can break out and be special. Um, I think the rotation, I'm going to be a sleeper on it. Mm-hmm. Maybe they prove me wrong. I think that you know Ryan could be really you know uh, an up-and-comer. Um Bundy is someone who I wouldn't really count on if I'm them. They have Chris Archer, who I think is someone else I don't really want to count on. Um, if they all click, it could be a really special rotation because a lot of those guys have kind of been there, done that. But um, overall, we'll have to see how it shapes up. I'm excited for this, Travis, because my underrated team is your overrated team. I think that you're <laughs> sleeping on the Yankees in a huge, huge, huge way. Really? Um, I think last year... They totally underperformed, and I think that they're due for the bounce back. Um, you were kind of saying how they kind of always kind of hurt themselves. I mean, in 2019, they're one of the scariest teams in baseball. Uh, in 2020, you know, they shocked the, you know, they completely had an onslaught against the uh, Cleveland uh, Indians at the time. Shane Bieber. They completely like got to all their pitchers. Um, Stan had a huge uh, series, and then they go. Um, against the Rays, and they do lose in five in a really close game five. But um, a game five, an elimination game, lose by one run, uh, it, that means that game could have gone either way. And the Rays, of course, ended up going to the World Series that year. So uh, that really could have been their year that they missed out on. Uh, last year was a down year, of course. LeMahieu had a, a, a down year for sure. I don't like that contract he got, personally. I think it's not going to age well as he gets older, but I do think he is better next season than he was last season i think glaber's a bit better next season than he was last season because glaber the bat was not there and the the gloves not there of course so full-time second baseman probably for glaber i think he can probably um get the defense at least consistently on the same level um and then the bat probably i think finds itself again hicks is probably back so that's just more outfield depth for you i know you don't like gallo travis and it's just it's it's what is the why we created the podcast we have a difference of philosophy i think that gallo is a top 50 player in baseball i think that's a fair i think that's a fair thing to say you might think that's ridiculous because he's a 200 batting average but his on base percent 199 199 last year (laughs) what was his on base did you have it there on on base i think was north of 350 i think it was over 350 and then uh the slugging is going to be really good yeah he was a slightly below average hitter as the yankee last year 
post trade deadline, his OPS plus a little below 100, if I'm if I'm not mistaken. It was it, and, that, and maybe that's what I'm thinking more of with Gallo. As I saw him as a Yankee, it was just, I mean, yeah, OPS plus was below 100. Yeah. So so with that in mind, uh, if he keeps being that guy, then I agree he's not going to be a huge impact player. He's just going to be a, a good defender with a good arm uh, that strikes out a ton. Hits, hits sack flies. But I, I think that in the long term, he does kind of refine the Texas form this next season at some point. I think that he, you know, is in play for 40 home runs. I think he's in play for, you know, whatever his average is, at least a 350 on base. I think that's a really good player right there. So I'm playing really good defense in, in a in outfield kind of versatile, can play left, right, even center if needed probably. Um, I think Stan and Judge last season, what they did was perfect. If they can just be the same guy, just don't get hurt. Just be in every game. Uh, you know, be safe in the outfield. Don't make any stupid injuries or on the base pass. Don't make any stupid injuries. Um, just be in the lineup every day or at least, you know, 140 games, 145 games. That's all you can ask. And I think that they will be a serious threat in the American League. I think the American League, Travis, there's no undisputed number one top dog like how the Dodgers are in the NL. The Dodgers have earned that number one spot in my mind. Um the AL, I think it's up for grabs. The Yankees, I would not sleep on them. You also don't like the rotation. I actually like it a lot. Um, I know someone, which you know, you'll disagree, I'm sure. Someone on Fangrass had them ranked as the best rotation in baseball, which is is a crazy thing to say if you you know aren't like with the projections, I guess. But um, Cole is a Scion contender. Um, I think that Tyone and um, Montgomery, I think they're both really good two, three. I mean, they're not like these elite, like Cy Young caliber two and three, but I think that they are very, uh, they're going to give you innings and they're going to give you lots of production, I think, in the two and three spot. Severino Travis, um, if he comes back and he's what he used to be, he's going to be a great, great addition that they're getting back. And do they say he'll be a reliever or starting pitcher? I'm not sure what their current game plan is. Mm-hmm. I'm not super up to date on what the coaches decided, um, you know, Coach Boone, but. I think the starting pitcher depth they have, Travis, is also something else because if one of these guys falls off, um, there are so many guys they could bring in that starting role. They have tons of young arms, uh, Luis uh, Gill, or I think it's pronounced Luis Gil. Um, <laughs> Travis likes my That's Spanish good. pronunciations. Like um, uh, they have, of course, Nestor Cortez, who could be a reliever or a starter if needed. Um, I know they have uh, Davey Garcia. They have so many options that they could bring up into the starting role if needed. So I, with that in mind, I think that their rotation is underrated and their bullpen, I think, has the potential, if everything goes right, to be the best in baseball. Um, I don't think I would pick them as the best in baseball, but if Chapman can be Chapman, which I know that he can, he has elite peripheral numbers still, he could be a top closer in baseball for sure. Um, I think that Loisiga and Clay Holmes could be elite setup men. Chad Green has proven he is, has the ability to be an elite setup man. Um, I think they have like four or five guys that could be elite setup men. Uh, Nestor Cortez, if he's back there instead of a starting, he's going to be a great uh, lefty coming out of the bullpen. So overall, Travis, I think there's tons of tons of upside. They could totally crash and burn with injuries. That could totally happen. Um, if Cole is not Cole or if you know Judge is hurt, like it just drastically tanks their odds to win a World Series, of course. But... Um, overall, I, that will uh, be a good argument coming in September. You know, we'll have to come back to this episode. It's it's a good, it's a good thing we can point our point to and say, you know, what our take was. And Travis, it's funny because last year you picked the Braves to win the world series. You were high on them. I picked them to hit under on their projected win total. And I was right about that too. Maybe we'll, maybe we'll both be right again. Maybe they'll win their world series, (laughs) but they'll have a terrible regular season and we'll both be right. But I guess we'll have to, we'll have to wait and and see. (laughs) 
So yeah, that that's a good input on the uh, over-unders for the American League. Good long analysis on those teams. National League, Alex, my overrated team. I talked briefly a little bit, bit ago. Last year, they're my overrated team again. It's the New York Mets. I'm just not buying it. I I think that I, I have a way where I think that you, you know I think that a lot of teams could could have success in. I don't want to say buying their talent, but I think that that does hurt a little bit. I think that teams that have homegrown talent, I think they can uh, they can have a little bit more success in the Mets. And what I mean by that, I think that the Braves, um, with having you know Albies, Riley, Acuna, most of the pitching staff. Um, all those guys kind of being homegrown guys. I think that that really pushes or elevates them. The Mets, I feel like they're just saying, well, we got Lindor. Um, we're going to go out there and buy, you know, Starling Marte. We're going to go out there and buy Scherzer. We're going to go out there and buy. I Sometimes I think it catches up to some of these teams. Um, I don't know. I'm just, I, I know And Steve Cohen probably gets my A++ owner of the year so far right now for how aggressive he is. Right. I mean, as a fan, you got to love that. But for me, just seeing how they finish, again, I'm not buying the Mets. Um, easily could be wrong, but I just am not buying the Mets again. I think they're going to be looking at a second or third place finish um, at the season's end. We'll see how it kind of ends up, but they're my overrated team right now. So who do you got uh, for your OR National League? Terrence, let's run it back. Let's run it back what we did last season. <laughs> the Braves are the overrated team for me. You got the Mets just like last year. I got the Braves like I said last year. Um, I think that overall uh, – the Braves could easily outrank the Mets. I'm not saying that they won't. This will be a fun September. I think no. if both teams are hitting their stride and doing their ceiling, like what, you know, everything's going right for them, I think the Mets are better. I think that the Pete Alonso is going to be a truly elite hitter this year. I think that um, their additions, even though they weren't like these huge pieces, they really added their depth, um, positional depth. You know, if McNeil can bounce back, he his first two seasons was like a 140 OPS plus guy last year was an average hitter at best if he can bounce back it's so huge for them even if he doesn't though at least it's a versatile utility bat kind of guy off the bench lefty bat um I think they're also going to make more moves they're still in trade rumors all the time uh they could trade Dom Smith for sure because I heard Pete Alonso likes being the he likes being the first baseman Dom Smith maybe not the best use as DH since he has some positional you know abilities so Maybe trade him for uh, an arm. Maybe trade him for uh, a leg. Yeah. I'm not sure. Who knows? But uh, yeah, I think overall, uh, I'm higher on the Mets in terms of their peak than I am the Braves. The Mets, however, have this injury bug, of course, with Degrom and Scherzer being iffy. If they break down, it, it's over. Wrap it up. Yeah. So I'm mm-hmm. not. I'm not saying that I think they're like these runaway division favorites. I like them at their best, too, better than the Braves. The Braves, Travis, for me. Freed, um, Ian Anderson, I think are good pitchers. I don't think that they're like these elite pitchers. I don't think that these elite arms. Um, I think that, you know, we, we've gone through this, this rodeo before. I just think that they, uh, you know, Freed had a great, a great game. Was it game six in Houston? Game six. Bad game two, though. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And and so I think that, you know, in a big game, is he a guy you want in the mound? I'm fine with that. If you say he's one of your guys, you know, I'm not going to argue with that. I just think that. Uh, on the whole, uh, for 162, he's not in my top 10. He's not in my top 20, probably. Um, Ian Anderson is probably not in my top, you know, 30. So I think that overall, like, there's some really good pitching, but I really, if everyone is going right, I think it's much worse than New York Mets pitching. Interesting. All right. You disagree. 
I, if 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 you assume they're all healthy seven game series. Are you saying Braves and Mets? Yeah. Everyone's healthy? Yeah. Pitching. Pitching wise? Yeah. I mean starting pitching. I mean, yeah, that's the one thing that's big on health. I mean, definitely you look at the on paper, DeGrom and Scherzer is definitely the scariest thing, but um <clears throat> Braves did it did Braves were able to beat Scherzer last year. Um I know he was tweaking with some, you know, probably being over overused in the, in the division series, but Braves were able to able, able to prove it last year. Um, you know, I think with the Braves, and I was I was thinking about it right now, I think they're just a rich man's Oakland A's team. I feel like they just have a staff and they have a team of of like B plus players that just I, I don't know they just for some reason they get it done and that's what I like about them they don't have really any stellar Freed Ian Anderson are not going to be these you know these Kershaw Verlander kind of guys of the league I think they're just good consistent high B plus pitchers that I think all down the line are going to get the job done um, I mean. As we've seen before, I think right now the Braves kind of, I guess they kind of do have a choke gene, but they also have a clutch gene. Um, in my opinion, Alex, I mean, I know on paper the Mets look like they win. I think I'd still take the Braves. I think I just, for me, I just like everything that they bring to the table. Um, I think they just play a little bit of a smarter baseball. Um, they got your favorite guy, Austin Riley um, and Ozzy Albies. I know you're, you're 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 really high on both those guys. I, so. I think they're both probably. I think well, Albies <laughs> Albies didn't have like a crazy year last year. I think he could be if about he the same. If he bats righty, he could. So yeah, I th- I think that I think that Riley, like you said, I think he's gonna have a solid regression coming his way. The average is gonna come a lot down. The power probably stays, but um, I don't think the defense is that great. Interesting. Okay. Olsen, I think is a great addition to the team. Of course, um, Acuna. Is it weird to say, and this is what's funny, it's weird to say that, if from, in my opinion, Olsen is a better addition than Freddie Freeman, but I have Freddie Freeman as a better first baseman. Explain that. No, it doesn't make sense. I You're contradicting think, yourself. I, I mean, I think for for chemistry reasons, I just think, and I think for longevity and looking down chemistry. the path. Well, I mean, looking down the path of longevity. Who's Ol- the franchise guy? Well, that's, I mean, that's true, but I mean, you, you, it's a business. You got you got to make the business decision. Well, that's decision. not chemistry. That's business. I mean, that's business, but I think that it's definitely going to help them a lot more than Freddie Freeman would if they would have signed a six-year deal with Freddie freeman i think that olsen will help them a lot more well i so and i'm with you i think olsen this year could pass freddie freeman we could see what happens but um, so do but do you who do you think is going to be better this season olsen or freeman you would think freeman that's what you've been saying the whole time right i think freeman is still going to have a great year i think that he'll have a better season um but i think I because I mean there's no doubt Olsen is going to be what, like six or seven year deal like at the end of that deal Freeman's going to be like no of course he'll be or whatever no, yeah. yeah yeah exactly so obviously exactly. Yeah, obviously it's a better contract for them but I'm saying this season I like Olsen I knew like and, Olsen, I, yeah. and I'm hating on the Braves and you like Freeman and you're pro Braves so it just it just it's 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 all we're all out of sorts now. I think it was a smart move and I think it was I know Braves fans and I know the Braves organization might be a little bit ticked but I just think it was the best move yeah, I agree with that. I think you might have, I, and it's hard to say, but I think I you, agree, I think I'm you maybe you, you, I know you are, but I think you kind of you you got what you needed from Freddie Freeman, and now you move on to this upcoming guy who, like, like I said, at the end of the season, I am not shocked if he's number two, number one first baseman of the America or of the MLB, but I think that moving forward, it's a smart decision to get Olsen. Freddie Freeman was probably asking for a lot of money, I, even though the Dodgers, they probably could have competed with that salary and that money. But I just think it was a good deal and I think it'll fit in really nicely. So for sure, um, they go hit 45 bombs or something like that. We're, so. we're both. We, I mean, I like Olsen a lot, so there's no argument on that part. So we spoke. So we both stayed in the NL East for the overrated. Do we stay in the NL East for the underrated? You tell me. Who do you got? 
Alex, I'm going, I'm going, I think I just pretty much copied last year's list. I have the Phillies as my underrated team. I, again, I, and I, I love your, your take on Nola and Wheeler. I think that they're going to be special players again. Um, I think this offense got better. Schwarber and Castellanos. I, I, I'm high on Castellanos. Not a good defender. He's just a very good hitter. The last two seasons, he's been a very good hitter, in my opinion. Average extra bases. I think he led the league in doubles last year. So I think he's just a doubles machine. I know he definitely did in 2019. And with Bryce Harper still having an insane spring training, um, I still like what he's done. Real Muto, I think, will have a bounce back year. Um, looking at some of the other players, I know Schwarber, uh, Reese Hoskins, I think should have a bounce back year as well. Still have the power asset of all that. Um, Gene Segura and all that stuff. I like the, I like the Phillies lineup one through nine very, very well. I think it's a good lineup and, um, it's going to be very, very dangerous for a lot of these teams in the national league and the national league East. They're my underrated teams. I think that also with Wheeler and Nola, that's a very good one, two punch, um, that could be probably the best one, two punch if Scherzer and DeGrom can't stay healthy. So. That's kind of my take on the Phillies right now. I think they can easily replicate or do better than what they did last year. I like that pick. Um, I like a lot of the guys in their team. We are not both staying in the same division though, but yeah, that's okay. That's okay. I think you're um, on the East, right? I, I'm, I'm going. I'm going, I'm, the West. I'm going out west. Uh, I'm going southwest. I'm going to go Padres. Um, oh, I thought you were going to say Arizona. Travis, I assure you that Arizona is not going to be a great team next year. But um, unfortunately for those fans. I'm going to San Diego Padres for a few reasons, and it's kind of similar to why I went Yankees. I think a lot of times people, when they anticipate what's going to happen in 2022, they look at, well, how do these teams do in 2021, and what did we learn from that? And I really try to say, well, who's going to, who last year was not that great, and I think that they will bounce back or do better. I think the Padres are a good candidate for that. Um, I think Tatis, absolute career, you know, um, a career year, but like every year is going to be his career year. You know, he's just going to be that kind of player. So when he comes back, you need to just stay healthy and you're going to be golden there. Machado Travis, I have him for NL MVP. I put some money on him in Vegas. I think that he is going to be much better than last year. Interesting. He, I had him as the second best third baseman in baseball. That's where I had him uh, when we did our rankings. So I think that he is due for, you know, a monstrous, you know, season up ahead of him. Uh, like last year, he was still very solid, but he missed out on the all-star stuff. He was not in the conversation at all for like all MLB stuff. I think that'll change this season. Um, someone else who had a bad year by the numbers last year, but some of the other stats say, you know, maybe he was good and got unlucky is a guy like Darvish. I think Darvish really broke down in the second half last season. Started hot, went really cold for a long time there. I think that uh, pitching in that division, I think at that ballpark, I think overall his numbers will see an increase from last year. I think he'll be better than he was in 2021. Grisham is someone else who I think he was playing through injuries uh, quite a bit during the season. He's a gold glover. He's an elite defender. He's a really great base runner. I think if his back comes back, which I think it will, I think his injury is hopefully fully resolved and he can just be a healthy 162. I think if that's the case, he's like a five war player. At least I think he's a really special center fielder. Um, and then Travis, the other thing is they're aggressive. We already know they're trying to pursue uh, Taylor Rogers. They're down to send away young guys to acquire, you know, win now pieces. Um, last year, I know uh, they have Austin Nola as their catcher. He missed a ton of time. He, when he came back, he was pretty solid. Um, I thought about putting him in my top 10 catchers. I didn't because he missed so much time and, 
hard to rank, but he could be a top 10 catcher next season. Uh, in my mind, at least if, if he continues to, I guess, stay healthy and put up the good numbers he has in the past. Um, overall, there's like five or six guys in their team that I think had down years that are kind of due to bounce back. I'm not bold enough to pick them to win the division, but I think that, um, you know, like you said, if they don't make the playoffs, it's a huge, huge bust. I think they do make the playoffs. I think that they cruise into it, assuming Tatis can, uh, you know, be himself when he comes back and not be injured mode Tatis. Um, I have no doubts that they're going to be really scary. I think they stack up pitching, batting order with pretty much any team in the NL. I think like the names they got, it's it's on the level of anyone. So I, I like the Padres a lot uh, going into 2022. Uh, what do you think about that? I like them if they can stay healthy. I mean, yeah, yeah. I, th- I think they're one of the scariest rosters uh, in the NL easily. And I, I mean, I, like you said, the names match up with everybody in the um, the National League. I mean, I, again, of course, winning October, winning the World Series might be a different story. I think that we always can definitely say that um, even looking at the Braves last year, I mean, they played they played how many teams with bigger names, bigger rosters, just kind of thing. And they, to, to me, they just kind of, they just played sound good baseball. And that's, what's kind of funny about October. It really doesn't matter really who you got. If you're just on a, on a hot streak, if you're riding the wave, um, you can beat anybody. And so, uh, the, the Padres though, I think through 162 games, they should make the playoffs. I'm looking at last year that the Reds, the Reds were better than them. And the, um, well, the, the, yeah, the Cardinals, the Phillies and the Reds were mm-hmm. better than them in terms of teams that did not win the division, but were ahead of them. And the Reds got way worse. And you don't know if the Cardinals can win 90 games because they had that insane, you know, win ending streak. win streak. So you don't know how that can finish. And then, of course, with the Phillies, it's again up and down. You can see them being a good team. You can see them being an average team. You can see them being around 500. Who knows? So the I- Padres, you know, I, I think with Tatis being healthy and everybody being healthy and at least Darvish and Snell pitching like they, they at least are cu- accustomed to if they like, you know, three, five ERAs is all you're really asking for. Yeah. You know, and, so. and you can get that same production from Musgrove and Manea and Clevenger if he comes back healthy. It's like you could have you could you could you could if everything goes perfect, you could have the best rotation in baseball. You're so right. And that five that that fifth starter easily easily will be and could be a number one ace on probably 10 other clubs. I mean, mm-hmm. it's it's so funny to say that. Clevenger could be their number five and he was their ace for the guardians. And, you know, looking at Clevenger, he could easily be an ace for a bunch of other teams right now, but he'll be their number five, maybe if they want to go that route. But it's just funny how, you know, the Padres, they have so much depth and that's what at least I like. I like that they have options to go to, even if if some guys fail, they can pick some other guys up. We'll see how it all pans out. But uh, one more feather in their cap, Bob Melvin, I think will have an impact. I think getting a new coach, one of the smartest coaches in baseball last couple seasons, has always been in the AL Manager of the Year talks, always in that kind of ranking somewhere. Because the A's played really smart baseball, we know that they are a smart team. I'm sure he'll bring a lot of their good habits down to San Diego. I'm sure he'll be really smart with the the batting order. I think with who he's going to play against which pitchers. I think he's a really smart coach. I think he's going to be a good uh, presence for them. I think they. I think you know, their old coach. I don't. You know, you can't blame him for the problems. They kind of scapegoated him by firing him, I think. But I think that Melvin will be a good breath of fresh air for guys like Tatis and Machado who really want to win. They're really frustrated with last season and they're ready to move on. So we got a new coach in there and let's go. That is that is such an excellent point you pointed out. I totally forgot about that. Melvin is a winner. He he turns 
islands of misfit toys on into, you know, division winning teams. And we saw them be so successful for five straight years or something like that. So that's a good point. He's a good man to steer that ship. I think he can really kind of calm them down and play the kind of baseball they need they need to to win games. So um, Padres, of course, should be a team that should see October this year. Hopefully we'll see them. I really, of course, we want to see. We really just want to see a Padres Dodgers series sometime. It'd be because so fun. We definitely want to rematch from that 2020 series. It'd be so great to see that. We almost got it last year. If they would have went, if they would have went to the wild card, we could have saw that one game winner take all. But um, of course, had dealt with some dealt with some injuries and they could not make it. But that kind of, I guess, points out our overrated, underrated teams. Alex, I'm excited for the end of the season. We'll get to talk about Mets, Braves. We'll get to talk about Yankees. We'll, we're both had such different views on some of these teams. So. Um, kind of rounding out to the next part and, you know, kind of just talking about our Vegas picks for, you know, a brief moment, talking about who we see as MVP, Cy Young, Rookie of the Year. I didn't make any Rookie of the Year picks. I think it's just, it's such a toss up. I think it de- definitely in the American League, you'll go for yours, but um, let's start off with the MVP picks, of course, Alex, and we'll start with the American League. My main picks, actually, I made, I kind of, I, I kind of just stumbled and started just, you know, putting 10 bucks. 15 bucks, 20 bucks just, on certain games. Just, just throwing it around. I, I, I usually, last year I kind of went, I had a, 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 I had a, I basically picked one pick with my heart, one pick with my head. Who was going to be, you know, who I felt, you know, who could really bust out. And that was Shohei Otani, who I picked with my head. Or I'm, I think it was the other way around. It was Correa and Otani last year for my MVPs. This year I picked four guys, Alex. And I think they're pretty decently good. Um, the three guys, of course, that I'm very, very comfortable about, I put money on Mike Trout, I put money on Vladimir Guerrero Jr., and I put money on Aaron Judge, all three of those guys. Um, Trout and Guerrero being the top three favorites, and then Judge being the fourth favorite. Um, those are my three guys that I have. And then, of course, putting, in my opinion, a sneaky 10 bucks on Byron Buxton. Um 10 bucks will win you. I think it's about 260 bucks uh, for MVP odds. And like we saw last year, Alex, I think it was what 60 or 70 games in a, in a four war or something like that. I mean, if, if, you were to if put he's that together, healthy, he'll be in the conversation. There's easily, no question easily. And so those are my four picks for MVPs. Those are the guys that really liked. There are some other sneaky guys on this list. Um, when you're looking at odds, Otani, of course, being number one, we talked about it months ago and we basically kind of preach about it. If Otani does not, have i mean it's almost funny to say it like you said if he has the same season he could be it could be looked at as like oh well i mean we've already seen this kind of you, season you get voter fatigue right yeah the voters kind of get tired of the same old same old exactly and we could see vladimir Guerrero jr especially with the blue jays and if the blue jays win you know 95 games in that division win the division be number one first seed Vladdy kind of leads the way. You can easily see him winning it. Of course, never count out Mike Trout. I think Mike Trout, I think we're due for a revenge Mike Trout season that will um, hopefully have just be a career year this year for Mike Trout. But uh, that's why I put money on him. Judge, of course, being such a five-tool guy. And then, of course, Byron Buxton, one of the most five-tool guys out there. Um, Those are my four guys, Alex. Who do you got American League MVP that you liked this year? Yeah, so I... Kind of like you, Travis, I may have gone a little overboard and I kind of splashed okay. <laughs> money on a good handful of guys, but they're all guys who I think I believe in for good reason. Um, so I'll start off with Jose Ramirez, Travis. His odds overall were plus uh, $2,500, so $10 would become over 200 and I think that's a really good value. The one issue with him is he just got extended, of course, to stay in 
Cleveland. Cleveland. <laughs> if he got traded to a Blue Jays, especially imagine if it was like, what if it was two months into the season and they just took off? Like it would help his odds so much, you know? I was going to ask you, I wonder what would happen if he got traded to the Padres. Yeah. And would that, would, we, we, we were theorizing this in, in Vegas. I honestly think that I would just lose the money. I'm not, I'm not 100% <laughs> which, which wouldn't be the saddest it, and it, yeah. It's not the way you want to see that, that thing kind of go, but, um, if he doesn't win the award, he doesn't win the award. You know, I picked him to win the AL MVP. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I think that his odds are great. I praise him all the time. I don't need to go too much in the depth on him. I think he's, you know, if, if he just gets a bit of luck on any given year, he's an MVP candidate because just at his average level year in, year out, he gets getting top five all the time, getting Easy. top 10 votes all the time. Another guy, Travis, who I think is due for a huge level up is Kyle Tucker. Kyle Tucker is someone who kind of had their breakout year last year i think that he is gonna keep going up i don't think that was a fluke year that wasn't like a high note year that was not like his you know bryce harper 2015 where he just like never gonna reach that kind of height again i think that kyle tucker is uh gonna continue going up i know his his expected stats were better than his uh actual stats uh a lot of room for growth um was a great defender by the end of the year a good base runner too stole some bags i think overall uh five to a player on a team that i already predicted to possibly be the one seed in the american league so if he's the best player on the best team he's going to be in that race i think he has a chance to be one of the best bats in the american league and he's got a five tool component to him that some of these other choices do not have um i'm going to keep going travis um I also put money on Mike Trout, who is, of course, one of the safe picks you could possibly land on. Uh, I guess a big reason for um, going Trout this year as opposed to years past is because he's no longer the runaway favorite like he always has been. Last couple of seasons. Plus one, one plus 150. You I, know, I'd, ha- I'd have to bet 50 bucks to make 50 bucks back to make, yeah. to make it worth my while. Um, but this year, I could just throw a little bit on him and I'm at least going to triple my money. So um overall i think that it's a solid bet because his odds are worse than years past his injury does not really concern me he's not the kind of guy who just misses season after season on injury if that does happen it'd be really unfortunate but i'm going to go ahead and say he's going to be somewhat healthy like he always is 140 145 150 games played if he does that he will be in the conversation making him a good bet in my mind and my last american league mvp pick was Luis robert um, his odds are pretty high. I wish they were a bit lower and I could have had a more profit margin. But overall, Luis Robert, Travis. What, what were they going at? Um, let me see here. I, I think it's it's uh, not as good as the Bucks in odds. And they're very similar players in my mind. They I th- are. I think I think Robert was top five in odds. Let me okay. see. Oh, it was plus 2,000. What, okay. was, what was Buxton? Buxton, um, right now, updated. He's plus 2,000 right now. But I got him at plus 2,500. Okay. So. I guess I got to snag him at a good time, but yeah. So yeah, Robert overall plus 2000. I think that's a really good spot to be at for him. I think that he, uh, I think that if he can put it together, he can be just like Buxton. Easily. They both can be the next best player in baseball, or at least the best center fielder in baseball. If Trout changes positions or, you know, hits injuries again, um, they can be the next coming of like, this is the guy of the position for the next decade kind of thing. So and it's sad to say, but, they play for good teams, and they play for teams that are going to win divisions most likely. Um, well, I'm, I, I, not Buxton, but I'm, when I'm look at like when I look at Vladdy and I look at Luis Robert, they're going to be playing for playoff contender teams, and Tucker, that's really, that's yeah. really and Tucker as well. That's really going to help these guys. And, and I think that a guy like a Luis Robert, um, I'm looking at a guy who 
can easily be the best player on his team next year. And if you're a runaway uh, best player in your team next year and your team runs with the division, you're going to be in the race. So easily. I think that that's where I'm at right now. Safe bet, safe bet. So yeah, that, that's that's the AL. Um, it's it's honestly a huge scramble, Alex. I mean, you could easily see, you could see Wander Franco. I mean, you could see the Rays winning 95 games, Wander Franco having, you know, an insane season of an eight war or something like that. And he will get a lot of votes. Um, you said also Jose Ramirez, he's always a guy that finishes in the top three or so, something around that level. Um, but I look at Guerrero, Trout, Judge, you know, even Franco, Buxton, Robert, it's it's a lot of talent right there. He could go a lot of different ways um, for that. That's how I feel about the AL. For the NL, Alex, I only voted for one guy. And I think that this guy, with the injuries that we've seen right now, I think this guy will be almost a runaway favorite. And he should be. I think that he, I'm not going to say he's going to win the award because I can't tell the, you know, I can't tell the future. But can't break the future, yeah. NL MVP, Juan Soto. I put, I think I put about 50 bucks on it and I think I'm taking home, maybe I'm taking home like 200 bucks because I put so much money on it. But Juan Soto, the best odds, because we don't know what Acuna Jr.'s time end looks like. Tatis Jr. went down significantly. He was, of course, the favorite most likely. And uh, I think that Tatis will not, of course, have enough time in, uh, you know, basically have enough time to have an impact on this season. So Tatis Jr. will not be any impact at all. Acuna, like I said before, um, I think missing time could very well hurt him. We'll see, though. Uh, Juan Soto has to be my guy to win the NL MVP. Who do you got for your uh, NL MVP odds now? Yeah, so we took different approaches, Travis. You went all in on one. I really spread the wealth on (laughs) five different guys. I think it's five here. Um, Someone who I have a sneaky feeling about, I just put five bucks on him just because if, if I do hit this bet, I make all the money back and more. So it's just like, okay, one and, and done. And those are nice, yeah. And, and it's JT Real Muto. Okay. I, I think that if he just, if if the... Wow, a catcher. Okay. I think that if, he, I think that kind what, of... What, what were those going at? Um, it's plus 7,500. So That's a lot, yeah. Five bucks would go to almost 400. Wow, no. Um, my mindset is he can do a Joe Maurer year. I think that's well in his capability. Um, I'm not saying win the batting title, but if he could have a season where everything goes his way, stays healthy, plays 140-plus games, he could even see some time at first base um, on this catching days off because he's a better defender at first base than probably than Hoskins or anyone else they can put there. So um, interesting thought, thought to have him play the field sometimes. But overall, Travis, I think that Real Muto is someone who, if he bats 300, I think if he has an OPS plus around the 135, 140, um, and the defense is great, he can be like an eight plus war guy. That's all it would take to get if and if the Phillies are really, really good. Say even Harper is almost as good as last year, but not quite. They might say, oh, well, last year Harper was really good and they didn't we were they weren't a good team. But now Rio DeMuto is the difference maker. So I could see him getting some traction in that regard. So I put some money on him, not that much, but just enough to kind of make it worth my while, I guess. Um along with Rio Muto, I put money on Brian Reynolds, who I think is if he got traded to a Padres or traded to a that's a, that's a sneaky pick. A yeah. Giants or if he got traded to some even other, LA. Even LA, honestly. It, the Dodgers, of course, could use it, you know, they could they'll take anyone. But um I think if he went to another uh winning team it might help my odds but i think that overall he had a really good year last year i think it was you know completely legit he's five tool he plays center field um 
like I said, eight, eight plus wars I look for. Can you put together an eight plus war season? If I think the answer is yes, then I might consider putting some money on you. I think he's a really good player. So I have him uh, money in him as well. Uh, Manny Machado is like my real guy who I think like I have a lot of stock in. I think that he could, especially with Tatis missing time, like if Tatis plays 100 games maybe and Machado plays 160 or 155 and he's really the spark plug of that team and they make the playoffs, he will get a lot of the credit, I think. I think he easily can be like an eight-war third baseman. I think he plays elite defense still, elite arm, of course, and then the power is no question. It's about getting the bat on the ball enough. I think this year he's due for uh, a really nice year. Um, and then the two other guys I have are Pete Alonso and Trey Turner, both um, kind of in the middle of the pack for in terms of odds. Trey Turner is someone who... Um, if things go right for him, he could be the best player in the Dodgers this coming season. Uh, Betts, of course, probably is right now, and you know Muncie is a good war guy as well. But um, based on the way the team is headed, Trey Turner could be the guy, honestly, in the next season or two. So um, I threw some money his way, playing shortstop instead of second base. Now it's going to help his uh, overall war and his consideration for the award, I think. And then Pete Alonso, Travis, I just think that if he put, I think he, if I had to pick, home runs. if I had to pick one player to hit sixty. It'd be Guerrero Jr. or him. And Pete Alonso's odds are are pretty solid, plus 3,000. Yeah. Um, I'll take that any day of the week. So 10 bucks to become 300. I'd make yeah. all my money back for the whole the whole betting. So I like those guys. Those are my MVP guys for the National League. Um, unlike you, I really kind of picked I picked a catcher, an outfielder, a third base, a shortstop. I was kind of all over yeah. the place. But yeah. I think that somewhere in there, I might be lucky and get a winner. We'll yeah. see. Yeah. It's funny that we both didn't go Harper. Um, I think that we we probably won't see back-to-backs from Harper. I mean, you you look at back-to-back award-winning seasons, it's tough to do. It's really tough to do. He could do the same thing next year, but they might just give it to Soto instead, or they may just give it to the next up-and-comer instead. And that's the way it goes. Um, I think Harper would have to really... I don't know. I don't know what I don't know what would have to happen. He'd have to do the same exact thing and a little bit better, which I mean, he's just really gonna be really to bring, tr- tough have to, to do. He'd have to bring, I think, like a forty-five home run season and, and a, a, almost an insane power season of Harper with also combining that with the on base. I think that would have to be um his main goal is getting, you know, getting close to I, I, I hate to say it, but like fifty home runs, I feel like. If he got close to fifty home runs, then I could easily see it being a back to back season, but we'll see. Um NL MVP, uh there's definitely, uh, I think, more of a clear favorite than there is in the AL. Uh, Soto is the clear favorite. I just, I feel like I can go him and go that route. Maybe if those, if Tatis and Acuna were healthy, I think I would have easily put money on Tatis and Acuna with Soto. I think that could have been, I don't want to say almost a, a slam dunk, but those three guys are easily going to be in the top five when it comes to uh, if they play a full healthy season. So, um, Soto, of course, being one of the high favorites. I think it's his time. He'll be ready to go. Moving to the American League Cy Youngs, Alex, I'm going with a guy. I I only did one bet with this one as well, and I'm going with a guy that I did last year. And, of course, he has the best odds. Um, and I, I, I think I didn't put as much money as I did for Soto, but I'm going Garrett Cole. Again, I, I think I could just be pleading insanity and doing the same thing over and over again, but uh, I think Garrett Cole being a guy that um, will be on a playoff team. And I think, I don't know. You're pretty low on that. Maybe you, maybe knew that, that's case. true. Yeah, that's true. You, you can definitely, you can definitely say that, but I think I, I know Garrett Cole's for real. I think I'm just low on the whole rotation on Italian and just probably a scrub and, you know, probably have a four year a and just, you know, 
That's crash good. and burn. But <laughs> I think Garrett Cole will win the Cy Young. I think he should win the Cy Young. I think, again, like I said last year, the same argument I said a year ago, the voters have not given him the award yet. I feel like there has to be some sort of we feel bad for this guy, but at the same time, Giolito could have an amazing year. And then they're just going to say, sorry, Cole, you got edged out by another guy again. So who knows? But I think Cole winning the Cy Young has to be uh, good money to put on. Uh, I think for 20 bucks turns into 90 bucks. I mean, I, it's not really a huge slam dunk for me. So only one guy, Garrett Cole, was him. Again, I can see a lot of guys coming through. I don't think Robbie Ray will win again at all. He has the fourth best odds right now, and I kind of was just thinking to myself. They're just covering themselves in case the, he somehow does it some, again. Some guys probably thinking, oh, you know, Robbie Ray, uh, he won the Cy Young yesterday. I'm, I'm going to go with him again on the on the Mariners, but I, I don't see that happening at all. So um, Garrett Cole is the only guy I bet on. He's the only guy I see. Shane Bieber, though, he's coming back. Could be deadly. Giolito, I know people have given him a lot of hype. He could be deadly as well. Who do you got for your size for the AL? Yeah, again, we took different approaches. I really spread the wealth here. <laughs> I also will say I did put Cole. He was more of a hedge bet because I think his the odds of him winning are so high. So I kind of yeah. put him down as somebody just to, just to make some back yeah. in case uh, none of my other picks hit. But my other picks, Travis, include a lot of guys who I have a lot of faith in. Uh, first guy is someone who you mentioned already, which is uh, uh, Lucas Giolito. I think that he... Uh, is going to be the ace of the White Sox this coming season. I think that he fares a lot better than Lynn had the injury thing come up recently, but even before that, Julio, I think in my mind, is a better pitcher uh, going forwards into next, going into 2022. I like his stuff a lot. I think that he's going to be on a good team. He's going to be their guy. He's going to get votes for sure in my mind. We'll just see where he ends up in that kind of top 10, top 15. We'll see where he, where he lands. But I like him going into 2022 a lot. Actually, was able to snag him in fantasy, so I'm happy about that. Um, I like when I can, I can kind of double up my awards picks in my fantasy. You know, it's it's nice. It's nice. That's good. That's good. But uh, other pick, Travis Shane Bieber, someone who I think the upside we saw in 2020. The upside is unanimous Cy Young winner. That's the upside, and I think what we saw in those couple months of 2020, I don't think it was a fluke. I think doing it for a full season is pretty much impossible, but to be the best pitcher in baseball for a, for a season, I don't think that's impossible for him. I think that's definitely doable. So I'm excited to see what he can bring to the table. Um, hopefully last year, he would have been a top 15 vote getter if he was healthy. He was not healthy. He crashed uh, mid-season and was not able to kind of piece it back together. Um, we'll see how he also fares post-substance ban because I know that he uh, – uh, had a drop in his numbers after that, but you know I have complete faith in him to kind of put it back together and go Gauchos, uh, uh, Shane Bieber. Uh, <laughs> That's it, nice. Uh, but uh, other pick, Travis. I'm gonna run through these a little bit faster because maybe the odds are a little bit lower. But I just threw some money their way. Nate Evaldi, last year super underrated regular season. Uh, nasty Nate. I think that he honestly, uh, a lot of the peripheral numbers really like him. A really good FIP. X ERA a lot better than his actual ERA. I think he got some bad luck. Also, you're playing in that division. It's going to be hard to have a low ERA, but um, if Cole can do it, I'll say Evaldi's a chance to do it as well. Uh, I like his odds a lot, even though the division is going to be stacked with power bats. Eduardo Rodriguez, Travis, I put some money his way just because I think that uh, he's legit. He's going to a new team. If things click well, I think he can definitely kind of dice up that division. If he gets a lot of starts against the Royals, um, you know, I think the White Sox are really good offense, of course, but um, the Twins and the Tigers have something to prove still. Oh, sorry. Well, he's on the Tigers. So the Twins and the um, – I'm blanking. The Twins and the in Guardians, of Guardians, course. Guardians, yeah. So I think, that, uh, I think that both those lineups have 
their share of weaknesses. The Twins, of course, could uh, return to form like they did in 2019, being this elite kind of power batting team. But overall, I'm not too sold on the Twins like you are. And I think that there's plenty of room for a AL Central pitcher to dominate the division. So uh, that's why I have a lot of pitchers from that division, I guess. Going to keep going on my list, Brady Singer, Travis. Uh, I threw I threw uh, just five bucks his way, and I would win over 700 if he did land. Those odds are too good because a lot of advanced numbers say that he's a lot better than he's been, been performing. Yep. Is he a Cy Young guy? Probably not, right? But, I mean, I think that the value of how much that return is based on I think he's a lot better than his numbers have shown. I'll take that kind of gamble any day of the week. Uh, finishing up, I uh, already said Garrett Cole. Michael Kopech. And yeah, Michael Kopech is the last one and he is uh, actually pretty solid plus 5,000. You know, it's not crazy, uh, crazy great odds. They kind of acknowledge that his upside is ace level. Yeah. Um, but I think just the chance of betting on a young guy and him popping off, I think is really good. It's kind of what I did with Burns last year. I was betting on Burns and it's like in his second full season, he, he went and did it. So I'm okay with that risk. Um, I'll go with, uh, I'll go with uh, Kopech any day. So that, one, that's and, my long list. And that's a good list. The one thing I will say that does suck with these awards is it's voted by media. And sometimes, I mean, I mean, just come I'm just imagine if Brady Singer had a crazy year, but the people, people were saying, the Royals were bad. I'm not going right. to vote for him. I mean, that's the only thing that would suck with these lists is that you could have, and I like Brady Singer a lot. That's actually a really good pick. With five bucks goes to seven hundred. I mean, yeah, that's that's sneaky right it's there. It's good that, turnaround. It's, and, it's good. Um, but like what you that said, that would make your entire trip. <laughs> but Travis, I mean, I mean, we were talking about it last season. Harper was pretty close with Soto. We both had money on Soto too, but yep. like. We both had a feeling about Harper. He was kind of our prediction, and things barely went our way with the voting. Barely. Same goes for. Uh, A.L. Cy Young for me. It was really close between uh, Wheeler and Burns and Scherzer down at the stretch. I didn't know if Burns would win, but he did, and I got my cash out. But it's really close how the season could be over, and you might still be like, I don't know what the media is going to pick, right? And it it could make or break you. Yeah, yeah. Moving on to N.L. Cy Young, Alex. uh, This is where, of course, I splurged a little more, had three picks. Good. My my big three. I didn't want to do too much. I I know it's it's kind of fun doing like five little coupon $5 bets for some – big level guys but for my big three i put money on walker bueller i think he was going at plus 900 so nine to one odds put money on logan webb he was going at i think 25 to one odds so plus 2500 and then my sneaky one that i put on i think it's either five i think i put five bucks on but it's a good return at plus four thousand Freddie Peralta on the Milwaukee Brewers. I put five bucks on him. I think it's a really nice return on that. We'll see how it goes. It kind of is tough being the third man of the rotation to get a lot of credit for a Cy Young, but who knows? Maybe Burns and Woodruff. Knock on wood, there's not an injury, but just who knows? You definitely could see something like that happen. Freddie Peralta has the strikeout numbers that he can definitely impress a lot of uh, advanced analytic guys and really make a push for that. I think the Brewers will be good. Walker Bueller, I think, is definitely a good and a great dark horse because people have been kind of hinting that he'll be the Cy Young guy one of these days. I think it could be this season. And then Logan Webb, what we saw last year in the postseason, I mean, if you can do that for a full season, I think there's just no way you don't win that award. Um, what he did to the Dodgers lineup was just incredible. So Logan Webb would be another guy that um, we'll see what happens. But, uh, you know, those are my big three. Would have loved to put money on DeGrom, but we just don't we just don't know right now. I mean, I think last year we were talking and I think in like June or July when he, of course, was doing like the historic Bob Gibson season numbers, me and you were talking. And I think we both said, why don't we just ever just put like 
money on this guy. Like he's oh, like it's kind of like Mike Trout. He, he's always going to be top three. It's it's almost a for sure. Like we're going to get some sort of return back. So um, I really wanted to, but with this year, I you know you just don't know him and Scherzer. They're definitely two favorable odds, but you just don't know with these guys. So that, that's kind of how I went about my my picking. What about you for your NL? Yeah. So also with, with same route that I've been going, kind of spreading all spreading the love around. Aaron Nola, I put money on Travis. I think that, like I've said before, I'm high on him. I think last year the numbers did not tell the story correctly. He's a really good pitcher. Hopefully the defense behind him doesn't fail him to the point where he has a really bad ERA as a result. So we'll see about that. Um, sneaky bet, Pablo Lopez. I think a lot of upside there. I think that he is trending really positive. Um, I think that he's going to be one of the best pitchers for the Marlins, and they don't even they don't need to be frisky to, for him to win the award. If he just can be the best pitcher for them and uh, be a kind of a highlight of the season, he's got a good shot. I think Logan Webb, Travis, I bet just like you, I think that Logan Webb, personally, I think he's already an ace. I think that he's already there. He's already a top 10 pitcher. I put him as a top 10 pitcher in all of baseball when we did our lists. I think he's legit. I think the ballpark only helps him. If you can just limit the starts and Coors, you know, that's going to help him even more. But uh, I think overall playing at Oracle and being on a good team and just being as good as he is, he is good at making weak contact. He avoids walks. He gets strikeouts. There's really no weakness in the mound for him. Um, I like him a lot. So he, of course, is someone who I picked as well. Uh, Zach Wheeler almost had the magical season last year, but so many of his advanced numbers say that it was not a fluke. Uh, he is that kind of workhorse guy. He is that kind of guy who can really limit. He forces weak contact. He gets strikeouts. Um, so, you know, a lot of that kind of stuff is good uh, indication that they can keep it up going forwards. So I like him. You Darvish, Travis, I put money on him as well. I think that last year's numbers are completely uh, unrepresentative of who he is as a pitcher. I think his ERA was like a four or five or something like that. He's not that guy. He's a bit better than that at least, but I think he's a lot better. So I put a nice little $5 on him, which would... uh which would be quite nice. And then Luis Castillo was my last pick for NL Cy Young. Uh, I think that Castillo is someone who had a really rocky start at the beginning of last season, really pieced it together and became a lot better second half. I had him in fantasy and I, I I knew I had a good grasp of how he was performing throughout the season and how, what he kind of improved on. There was an interesting find. I think that last season he was tipping pitches. I think his release, uh, angle was kind of t- a little bit telling i think it, i think he cleaned that up and it helped him a lot but anyways i think that castillo uh the upside is so huge the team is not going to be very good but he could easily get traded to a contender and be an ace on a contender and so if that's your ceiling then i'll throw you five bucks too so um and, and five bucks will become 500 that's so nice i think that's, that's a really nice. good bet on him uh that's at, actually really at, nice. at, at those odds so that's really nice. So that's I, nice i like my picks i like those sometimes it's fun to just do those five dollar ones because i mean Sky's the limit on some of these guys. They could just stun the world. So, I mean, because last season, like some of the MVPs that like Guerrero, who I had money on, like the odds were crazy small. Yeah. But these guys, if you kind of see the pop off coming, they can pop off and they exactly. can just become that guy. Exactly. Exactly. Moving to the last award, Alex, the rookie of the year odds. Um, the AL, it has it has really a big four. It has it does Bobby Witt Jr., Spencer Tokelson, Julio Rodriguez. Adley Rushman. You could even sprinkle in, of course, Riley Green, Shane Baz, um, you know, for our picks, you know, even Reed Detmers for for instance, because he'll be getting a starting role in that six man. But yeah, I know you bet on some of these guys or most of these guys, but um how do you see this race kind of shaping up? I for me, if I had to put money on one of these guys, I probably would have said Torgelson, Julio Rodriguez. That's my clear favorite pick, I think, right now. Um, if Julio can help 
the Mariners get to the playoffs or at least be above 500, I feel like that's a very good look for him. Yeah, I think that um, I think that, you know, who you said, those are all like good picks. Uh, I I didn't go Julio just because the return was not going to be that great. Yeah. Um, everyone kind of knows he's going to be a special player at some point, just matter, as a matter of when. I put money on Torkelson because I think his bat is already going to be. I think if I had to pick who's going to be the best bat of the rookie class, yeah. I'll go Torkelson. Safest bet to be a really solid bat. Corner infielder, so he's pretty much just focusing on the hitting up there in Detroit. Um, I think is a good shot he has at being uh, like a like a three or four hitter by the end of the season. I think he can really prove himself in that way. I also put money in a couple pitchers, uh, Joe Ryan and Matt Brash, just guys who project very well and have a good payout. Uh, the, the odds are not that great, so um, I went with them as well. Shane Baz Travis is missing some time to injury, but his upside is best pitcher on the Rays. And they could be the best team in baseball. Yeah. I would not be surprised if that yeah. was ended up being the case. So I threw on him a little bit of money as well. And my uh, last pick was Reed Detmers, who I think that Detmers is someone, Travis, who he's the Angels kid. Um, so there's that factor you that makes it. me, you know, you it makes it. me want to pick him as well. But truly, Travis, he had a really good spring last season, a lot of rocky starts, but he had to face the Dodgers and the Astros. And I think it was one more start along with that. Maybe it was the Mariners. I forget who, but he had to face some good offenses, um, in his, in his, you know, first stint in the big leagues. And I can't blame him for being like a six ERA guy or whatever it was last season. Next year, I'm expecting lots of development. I think the baseball prospectus or someone had him as like the best left-handed prospect in baseball. Yep. With that in mind, he put together a really complete spring. Uh, a lot of his outings had lots of Ks. Um, I think as a six-man in the rotation for the Angels, there shouldn't be that much pressure. Last season, probably more pressure because they brought him up in the middle of like this losing skid the Angels were on. So it's like, hey, kid, can you help us? But this year, it should be more of like, here, here's the ball and, and, and your once first, a week. And your first start is against the Houston Astros and your second start is in L.A. against the Dodgers. Yeah. It's just a nightmare, good, good luck. nightmare scenario for <laughs> a rookie. But um, I think that he's really going to continue to develop um, a great, great curveball. Watch out for that pitch. But he really has developed all his pitches. Um, great at locating the ball. So I think that he's going to be a really solid pitcher uh, for the Angels. Hopefully it's this season and I can make some money, but uh, we'll see about that. Yeah, and that rounds out AL, NL, I'm sorry, AL Rookie of the Years, NL Rookie of the Years. Alex, I know there's a one big name that did not get the starting role or a starting roster spot on the Pittsburgh Pirates. O'Neill Cruz, you were highly, highly high on yep. and uh he'll be starting the year in triple a so that's of course a disappointment i didn't make any bets in this one as well if i had to though i think hunter green on the cincinnati reds will be a guy that will make a lot of noise he already got a rotation spot he throws i think 102 103 throws gas could be a very you know easy get to get some money also say yes suzuki coming over he could just take america by storm and literally yep. just show you know what a Japanese all-star looks like in America. You know, he could be a very nice sensation. So I could see Hunter Green. I could see Suzuki. Hopefully if O'Neill Cruz comes back, you know, third or fourth week into the season, he, he's got insane power. I think I think he's like a 6'6 six, six or 6'8 six, shortstop. I mean, give me a break. Yeah. So those, those are my three guys I'd like to highlight. Who did you get uh, pass out some money to? Yeah, so finally a division where I kind of kept it small, only picked two guys. Um so O'Neill Cruz is someone who I did put some money on, Travis. I think that he is such a lock to be a good MLB player. Um, and the sky is the limit because, like you said, he's this huge frame, athletic, really fast. Um, he hits 
I think he hit his first, might have been first game he had a home run, something like that. He played like three games last year and he had a home run. Like he had like seven ABs. Yeah. And he had like a 1,000 OPS in his first, you know, handful of games. Uh, I think he's a really high ceiling kind of player. Uh, you're playing shortstop, so that's an extra bonus to your value. If you're going to be uh, like an all-star type hitter, but playing shortstop, you're going to win rookie of the year for sure. Um, so I think that there's tons to like about him. Uh, overall, the fact that he got sent down to the minors is definitely kind of concerning to you know his chance to win the award. Uh, Pirates just doing some classic service time manipulation, trying to extend his, <laughs> you know, trying to postpone him from uh, being a free agent and going through arbitration and all that kind of stuff. So it sucks to see that, but they say he's going to work on defense. Uh, his defense might be a question mark, but at the end of the day, the rookie of the year, I think they really care about that that much. They want to see he could hit 30 home runs as a shortstop, and that probably wins you rookie of the year as a lock almost so i like his odds a lot and then i went with another guy on the pirates uh ronzi Contreras. his odds were actually pretty solid uh plus three thousand. and i think as a pitcher he has really great stuff he was electric um in the minors and had honestly a good uh preseason as well i'm not sure if he's breaking camp with the team i don't think he is um but i do think that he's going to be a high impact pitcher this season and travis one thing i kind of realized thinking back to past years being with the team at the beginning doesn't really matter at all. Like, it matters a bit if it's a really close race. Yeah. But Wander Franco almost won it in, like, 70 games. Your Don did win it in, like, 80 games, yeah. right? Like, Half this season. happens all the time. So if, if either of these guys can play two-thirds of the year and are an all-star level production, like, you can win the award for sure. So Easily. Um, I'm not too worried if they're not breaking camp as long as they're up in, you know, the before the middle of summer. Then they have a shot in my mind. And that's a good thing you point out because I feel like some of these guys last year, Adolis Garcia on the Rangers, he was the rookie of the year for almost the whole entire season until July, August. Then he just runs out of fumes. You get some of these guys that get called up in June and they're just a bright young star in July, August, the dog days of summer. They're doing great while the rest of the team is kind of struggling to put it together. And that's a good point. You kind of you kind of point out that these guys get called up in June. It might be even better. I think Buster Posey was a June call-up as well. And so you get some of these rookie of the years that get called up. They only have to play 100 games. And you know what? They're still going to be treated as a uh, a full service time, you know, 162-game guy. So You just got to know point. who's going to break out when they arrive. So I like, I, I like the picks I made. Um, Travis, a little side note, just something that's happening. Not super breaking news, but I just want to highlight something. I guess Isaac uh, Paredes, the guy who was traded for Austin Meadows, yep. he is now uh, – in the minors for the Rays. I'm not sure what team this is. The Durham Bulls. Oh, yeah, Durham, yeah. It's, uh, I don't know if it's a triple A or double A or what it is, but he has a three hit game going, uh, two extra base hits, one of them being a three run home run. So the Rays always find a way. Know. Like we said, whoever they trade for, it's probably end up being a really good player. Um, so he's already making noise right now. Um, I, I need the Jesse Pinkman. He can't keep getting away with this meme right now. That would be perfect. That, that's, that's pretty. That's pretty raised like to get the guy who's going to be hot. I, I could imagine that guy coming up and just owning in the majors. I, I just I don't I don't want to I don't I don't think it's going to happen. But you know what? Rays could easily make that happen. But uh, good move so far by the Rays. He's owning. But um, Alex, I mean, that kind of wraps everything up. I know we uh, we gave kind of our power rankings. Um, I know I kind of prepared a power rankings list. I'll kind of run through it really briefly. Yeah, me too. Um, just to kind of go through the top 10 for me, you know, number 10, I have the Padres still cracking the top 10. Nine, I have Rays. Eight, I have Yankees. Seven, Phillies. Six, Braves. Five, Brewers. Four, White Sox. Three, Astros. Two, Dodgers. 
number one, I have Toronto Blue Jays. I know a lot of people had Toronto and Dodgers one, two. I shook it up. Toronto, in my opinion, will be the number one team going into tomorrow. Um, who do you have for years? So 10 going up. I have St. Louis. I think they just squeak in. I have Atlanta in nine. Milwaukee. Uh, Chicago White Sox uh, in the seven. seventh spot. Okay. Uh, sixth spot, I have Yankees. Then I have Padres this high at wow, five. Okay. Like I said, I was high on them. Four, I have Rays. Three, Houston Astros. Two, Toronto Blue Jays. And one, I went with Dodgers, of course. Practically so, same 10, but different order, yeah. Right, kind of scrambled them up a bit. I think St. Louis versus Phillies might have been like the one difference or something like that. But yeah. a very similar group of teams. Um, it's it's I mean predicting right now it's 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 a mess because last year we would not have said the Giants. Hey I, hey, I had Kansas City in uh in the top ten and I think in the second week. So so yeah, I mean they, things are gonna get shaken up in a big way. We'll see how the first week goes for these teams. Travis, that pretty much wraps up this first episode, right? Long one, but uh, well needed. I think we had to get through everything for opening day. Um, we'll really see how things shape up. I mean, it's gonna be so much fun. Me and Alex are going to opening day tomorrow. Of course, when you're listening to this, it will be today. So we'll be seeing Shohei Otani take the mound against the Houston Astros. It'll be pretty crazy. Uh, second opening day in a row ever since the COVID season. So uh, really excited for that. Yeah, I'm super excited too. Uh, ho- best of luck to all your teams, all, all you listeners. Uh, you know, we'll, lu- we'll give you some updates later on. Yep. yep. Yeah, we'll, we'll have to figure out uh, how this season is going to start off. But excited to give you guys more of an update next week on the first week of MLB action of the 2022 season if you made it this far thanks so much let us know what you think about all of our takes jam-packed episode for sure but next week hopefully a nice concise week one recap and excited to talk about all those new storylines so if you made it this far thanks so much and we'll talk to you later presented by tool tools podcast <laughs>